The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. to one-on-one with poppy chulo today is sunday december 7th 2014 and i'm your host poppy chulo listeners please welcome to one-on-one with poppy chulo fan favorite porn performer and one of the adult industry's most underrated male talent carlo carrera welcome to the show man hey how's it going thanks for having me man you're welcome, bro. Everything's great. Uh, things are pretty good. I'm so excited to get the chance to interview you for the first time here on the station. Yeah, I, I see that. That's uh, well, I, I hear that. that. That's good, man. It's uh, it's good to be on. Absolutely, man. It's been a long time coming. For those of uh, those out there that have been uh, following, you know, sort of my career and doing all of this. I mean, they already know that we interviewed. It's been a couple of years. I think it was back in 2008, and that was back back on PoppyChulosBlog.com, and that was your first ever interview period as a male performer in the business. So uh, it's certainly a treat, man, to get the chance to actually talk to you this time around, have the listeners hear your answers, as well as uh, you know have them get to know a little bit more about the man behind uh, you know those powerful performances <laughs> that is true it's been a minute and thank you very much i appreciate it sure let's uh let's see what's up sounds good man so before we jump fully into the interview i like to start off an interview by getting stats out of the way you know because for the most part the majority of the listeners out there and your fans that are tuning in they haven't had the chance to see you in person you know they only see you know the representation that they see of you in pictures and in the scenes that they view whether it's on their tv their computer their mobile devices so they they don't really know you know basically what carlo looks like in person so let's get some of your physical stats out of the way what's your height and what's your weight well i stand at uh, six foot five and i'm 222 pounds 25 pounds pretty much um uh you know that's pretty much it and, and you know on scene it it might look like i'm a little bigger than, than that um because i work sometimes with very small people but, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> it. that's what's up man what's your ethnicity uh, well, I am a cross of uh, Dominican Republic and um, Panama. So uh, my parents, uh, my mother's side from the Panamanian side, and my my father's from the Dominican side, and um, pretty much grew up in the Dominican Republic. And um, so that's that's it. Okay, man. And uh, what's your zodiac sign? Uh, I believe it's Sagittarius. 
I, I think that's where it is. I don't, I'm not too much too, too into that. But I think it is attached because I was, uh, my, my birth is in, is in November. It's actually in November, last November. So. That's what's up, man. Happy belated birthday. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. And how old are you? Uh, I just turned 36 years old. That's what's up, man. Awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, uh, starting off the interview, I want to get to know the man behind the performer. Can you tell us a little bit about what Carlo was like growing up? What was he like, you know, as a kid growing up in the Dominican Republic? Well, you know, the simple the simple thing is that I, I was always into sports or whatever. So growing up in the Dominican Republic, you know, whatever kind of sport, in order for me to get, you know, have a chance to... Uh, maybe to, to, to fulfill a dream of playing professionally or whatever. And uh, and that's pretty much what, what, what I did in Dominican Republic until I got here. And that was uh, the fuel to get out of there. It was to pretty much come over here and, and play in organized sports and things. And, you know, they had, you know, here school and, and sports can go together. Uh, over there at that time, there wasn't that system. So here you can go to college or high school, whatever, and still be in competitive sports. And, um, and that was pretty much... Uh, what you know drove me to come to the states at that point mm-hmm. um yeah and then from there on you know everything else happened absolutely how old were you when you moved from the dr to the states i was uh, 17 okay i believe yeah it was right after i turned 17 so okay I got, school. I got to school late uh the late year i think it was right after it started probably september or something like that. Okay. Were you uh, fluent in English when you uh, came no, to the not States? At all. Okay. Not at all. No, that was a struggle big time. Um, yeah, I actually did two trips. I, I came first um, and got homesick or whatever, and, and I just couldn't couldn't get over uh, leaving home or whatever. So, um, and I came late into you know whatever sports I was playing at the time, so I couldn't really get into the team. So I kind of got homesick and I left and I finished that year. I believe that was '96. I finished that. I finished that year back in back in the DR, mm-hmm. um, and then I then I came back. Then I came back, kind of like more prepared. So. Okay. How difficult was the, um, you know, sort of being lost in translation for you? Was was that sort of uh, was that? I guess I, I, this is probably a stupid question, but you know, was it a struggle for you? Like how and how difficult was it to actually learn and master the English language? Well, you know what? It's funny that because where I was, uh, where I was at in Florida, you know, I did wanted to like, you know, the, the number one priority was to learn English. But you could get get by, you know, for the things that I wanted to do, which was to go to school and go to college and all that crap or whatever. Um, I needed to learn the language, but you can, you know, you can get by in Florida without having to, you know, to actually learn the language and hold good jobs or whatever. But um, there was a struggle, but I kind of like just shrugged it up and just uh, didn't mind when people were correcting me <laughs> at all. Um, you know, whether it was my friends or whatever, you know, I always didn't, I didn't mind getting corrected when it came to English or whatever, so, and I, you know, uh, learned it pretty quick, and uh, and then from there on, um, you know, once I learned English, that's it, and so downhill from there. Well, not downhill. But yeah, you know, the doors pretty, open, pretty, let's pretty say. Easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, man. Something that we talked about uh, in our original interview that's on poppychulosblog.com is that you played professional baseball in the minor leagues. So can you share with us you know, a little bit about your experience playing baseball? Well, that was that was always a that was always a, like a you know I'm pretty sure a lot of people's dreams, but I got to fulfill that dream or whatever for a few years. Um, like I said before, it was uh, like the main the main thing why I came to the states, and you know, besides the school thing, it was it was just a merge of both and and the, and the chance to go and uh, you know fulfill that dream, which is pretty tough. <laughs> but um, but I got you know but I got to do it. I was fortunate enough to be, you know to play for six years and uh you know and, and uh met a lot of great people and uh unusual path for me given the fact of what i do today but exactly um <laughs> i'm cool with that though but uh but you know uh it was uh it was it was a, it was a good experience you know i wish i would have enjoyed it a little bit more i was too focused into um trying to be too good or perfect or whatever but you know so i doubt it's one thing I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. I would have just been a little bit more less serious about it. But um, that's the way I was. That's how I got there. It was just trying to do everything, you know, perfect. And um, but it was good. It was a it was a good experience. And uh, you know, I definitely don't trade it for anything. Awesome, man. Were there at all dreams of uh, the major leagues? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I got close as far as um, you know doing something we call spring training, which is when they, you know, sometimes they send you with uh, uh, the big league team or whatever, and you get all the perks or whatever to being in the squad, uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, being on the bigs and during the season, but I got to experience that, um, and, uh, you know, and, and that was that was good, that was good, I got to meet a lot of, a lot of people that I, see, that I still keep contact with today, and um, so it was, it was awesome, it was pretty good. All right, man. Sounds good. What were you doing with your life prior to entering the adult industry? Was this immediately after leaving uh, the minor leagues? Was there a little bit of time in between leaving the minor leagues and uh, sort of entering the business? What was going on with your life just before you decided to start doing porn? You know that um, I wrote and and which I don't even visit anymore. I don't even go there. But I have like this Facebook thing that I have for whatever like 10 years i don't know since it came out and i wrote um maybe a few years ago that i always have an interesting story to tell because my path into what i do today it's very unusual and um you know especially because i know now everybody inside the business mm-hmm. you know um i smell a book bad. coming man i smell a book <laughs> not necessarily a bad thing not everybody came from a bad, bad background just not as you know because i did you know i went to school for EMT and paramedic, and I wanted to become a firefighter, and then eventually uh, go into the nursing business, and uh, you know, even a PA. I wanted to become a physician's assistant, and um, and all that stuff. And I work in the industry, uh, in the medical industry, as an EMT and paramedic for first an ambulance company for a year and a half while I was going to school, and then once I graduated, I switched over to uh, a really good hospital uh, down in Miami that I worked for about a year and a half, and that was. That was pretty amazing. That was pretty good. So that was my path before any of this um, that I do today happened, which is just all by chance. Um, but that was what I was doing, and uh, and I love that. I still do. You know, it's just that you know we kind of enjoying life right now. So. 
Exactly. I, I think you're having a whole lot of fun doing what you're doing right now. Uh, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> there's, you know, there's more business now. It used to be way more fun. <laughs> way more fun. Um, you know, as far as like carefree kind of fun, but um, but it still is good. There's a lot of good good parts to this that people don't don't really see and things like that. So. Absolutely, and hopefully we'll be chatting about that uh, throughout this interview. So, I mean, let's talk about it. Uh, how long in total have you been in the adult industry? Well, if we date back to when you first interviewed me, I probably was in the industry for about six, seven months before that. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm been in six years or so. I mean, consistently about five years or so, almost six. But five years, you would say, consistently, because I was on and off kind of like at the beginning, because um, I was still holding the job at this particular hospital um, for a minute before I, um, you know, moved on and, and just completely did the industry, um, you know, uh, 100%. Okay. And uh, can you share with the listeners exactly how you got into the adult industry? Well, it was a, a simple story, but um, pretty much I used to. I did a couple, um, a couple of uh, uh, not magazine shoot, but those those uh, not calendar. What is it called? Is is the actual um, um, uh, catalog? That's what I was looking for. It's these catalogs for Macy's, Nordstrom, or whatever. So I was doing the soup kind of guy, whatever you know that 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 look kind of thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, and uh, the photographer, um, I was, uh, you know, um, having fun from, having fun with one of the photographers, and she um, suggested, this was in Palm, Palm Springs in California, and she suggested just out of the blue if, you know, if I would like to get paid to do something like that in Florida, and um, since we were both from there, and I was just having to travel there to do the shoot, and, um, and yeah. And then my first time I went and to the score, and it wasn't even it wasn't even sex. <laughs> it was like a one of those uh, point of view um, kind of shoots where mm-hmm. you just sit there, and the girl kind of does her thing on you. Um, so I didn't really have to do much, but you know when I saw the paycheck, I was like, really? It's like cool, let's do it. All right now, some easy money for Carlo. Well, at that point, you know, it was it was convenient or whatever, so it was cool, and it was you know, and I never really you know my my personality, I, you know, I don't really care. I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty secure, so I don't I don't really waste time with uh, you know how how I I might be perceived or whatever. You know, I've done it all, whatever, and I enjoyed every second of it, and you know, it's moving on to the next thing. So I was never really concerned, you know, with uh, with the aftermath, which. Yeah, the check even more, you know, better because there was no resentment towards, you know, what was the money, you know, when it really was just, you know, I just wanted to do it and just presented a lot of opportunities. Like after that, I did a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. So before that instant, before that moment in time where basically the photographer's like, you know, would you ever try this? Had porn ever crossed your mind as something that you wanted to try, an experience that you wanted uh, to basically experience? No, I um, 
it, it, it didn't. I never really applied for anything. You know, I mean, my story to California pretty much was after I got started in Florida. I just came a couple times here because I knew that eventually my that I wasn't going to be able to sustain over there what I wanted to do in Florida if I wanted to continue to do the business. So I came a couple times to California just to try to, you know, just to test the waters or whatever to see how I was going to be received because, it's, you know, it's much tougher here than it is there. And, um, and yeah, but that was, that was pretty much it, you know. So after I did that and just, uh, you know, moved on from there. Okay, cool. A name in the adult industry is very important. In my opinion, you've got to pick the right name. You got to pick a name that's catchy. You got to pick a name, you know, that the fans will associate with you. You also try to, you know, you also I would assume would try to pick a name that's kind of unique and uh, is memorable. So, my question for you is, how did you come up with your porn name? Because initially when we did our first interview, you were just going by Carlo, C A R Hello, and now you're Carlo Carrera, and I know that there have been a lot of different spellings of the name. You know, sometimes I see it spelled, you know, with with C's. You know, Carlo with a C, Carrera with a C. Sometimes I see it with with K's, Carlo with the K, Carrera with the K. Sometimes it's a mixture of both. You know, there, it's there. There are a lot of different spellings for your porn name. So, can you set the record straight? Exactly how is the name Carlo Carrera spelt, and how did you come up with the name Carlo Carrera? Sure, it's it's it, it, it wanted to be I wanted to be um, KC, you know, um, for abbreviation. But I, I didn't come up to the last name until I got to Cali, to California, um, because as as you said over there, it was just Carlo, and that was fine with me. I really didn't want a last name. I just wanted to go by one name, and um, so pretty much I was uh, working a lot for these people down in Florida called the. Uh, you know, one of the companies down there, and um, and I was, you know, uh, gonna make the make the trip over here to to California, and, and it's like you need a last name. It's like I didn't even know. I mean, I I really didn't think about the last name as much as I did the first because of the you know the no S and the K. It used to be a C, but I changed it just because um, you know I kind of wanted to. Once I left Florida, I wanted to just move on from that, and uh, you know make it a little bit more interesting with a K, I guess. Um, and I just saw somebody struggle like that. Also, Carlos with a K on TV anyway, so I wasn't that original. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yet, that pretty much I came up by somebody else suggesting that um, about the, you know, the Carrera. And then, you know, one of my favorite cars is the Porsche Carrera, and, um, which is spelled with a C. Um, I just, uh, I just uh, said that Let's just do KK and just, uh, I guess, uh, Kim Kardashian is pretty famous, so maybe I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. So, setting the record straight, the official spelling of Carlo Carrera is capital K and then capital K. That is correct. Okay. It's KK. Yeah, that is the official, and it's been like that. I changed it about, I want to say, four years ago. Okay, man. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, if I had my preference, it would have been just Carlo. Yeah, with uh, Carlo yeah. with a K. Carlo with a, with a K, yeah. That would have been my first thing. Um, but, you know, we did the C thing because people just didn't know how to spell it, and I didn't enforce it either. Like, mm -hmm. I would, you know, a lot of that, you know, whatever paperwork I needed to do and write it down, and then people just kind of like, you know, whatever, being ignorant. And, um, so, and I don't like reminding people. 
you know, without an S, it's a C or whatever. So as long as I did it, it was fine. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good, man. So can you take us back in time to uh, your first day on an official porn set? What was that like for you? Uh, you know, were you excited? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Share with us, with the listeners, what was going on in your mind your first time on a porn set. Sure. I mean, pretty much it was. Uh, it was. Um, I was pretty, pretty calm um, because the people that were there just, you know, kind of got along with everybody, and it was like that. You know, that shoot that I made reference to earlier. About the P, you know, the point of view shoot, which is called POV, and they're you know, porn or whatever. Um, and uh, you know, I, I felt comfortable. I mean, I just thought that it was. Uh, I didn't really. I was a little nervous, obviously, you know, but I was comfortable enough that uh, I just didn't mind having people around. That's when I found out that I was kind of like okay with being like that, and I'm not walking around naked home or any of that shit. But um, uh, you know, but I, I just felt like I was uh, I was able to do that. I was able to just be, um, you know, I guess naked in front of people and be able to perform and, like, not really try to block it out. It just kind of happened. Um, you know, I was able to focus on what I was doing. So when I found that out, um, you know, that's how, uh, that's how I kept going. But I wasn't too nervous, to be honest with you. Um, I, was, I was pretty comfortable, um, you know, because I... I just, I didn't feel like I did it before, obviously, but I was just comfortable. I know that that's kind of weird, but yeah, I never felt kind of nervous. I just did it and just moved on. It's like, okay, when is the next one? All right, man. Well, that, that's a good thing, certainly, especially, you know, with the type of work that you got into. I mean, it's great that you were comfortable, you know, fresh out the gate. Yeah, yeah, I was, man, you know, and, and I know it's like, Maybe uh, not the usual answer or whatever, you know, I mean, especially when, you know, anybody that doesn't know or it's outside of the industry, you know, it's, uh, might look at it a different way, but I, I honestly was not that nervous and, you know, it might have been because of, you know, the people were real nice or whatever and my co-star was very pretty and, um, you know, so uh, that kind of like just made everything else easier. There wasn't like that pressure to perform like there is here in California, so just different it probably would have been different because my first experience here in california was a little bit different even though it was a good it was good it was a good you know it was a good startup and everything went fine um but i have my fair share of failures here because it's just a little bit different so you know two different experiences um but they were both uh they were both fun cool man sounds good so uh, what for you for you in your opinion as a performer in the industry, you've been in the game for, you know, five, six years. What do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? You know, the, 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 the main thing that comes to mind is just because of the way I used to do it when I first started, it was that I, don't, I didn't like to know, more of a psychological thing, I didn't like to know who I was working with. That actually really um, kind of like, uh, you know, got, my, got me going. Yeah, the element of surprise. The element of surprise was very, you know, and most times it was a very, very nice surprise. And just the fact of the whole new thing and, you know, and all this and me being comfortable with it and all that, it was just, there was just no, no holdbacks because I've just met a lot of people in the industry that they do it and then they get out. 
um, you know, or come in and out, or they're uncomfortable as they do it because, they, you know, they just have that mentality. Um, you know, they have everybody else's mind in the back of their head. I never did. So I got to enjoy myself um, in that part. And uh, as far as that, you know, I, I, I just enjoy, uh, I enjoy performing. And, uh, you know, and I like all types of women, so... <laughs> All right, man. That's what's up. Good to hear. So, um, while you're on set, and this is specifically focusing on you on set doing a scene, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most on set? Um, uh, well, what turns me on the most, um, uh, let's see, uh, in honesty, I mean, you know, if, you know, I mean, uh, uh, I would say that 99% of the girls are, you know, very pretty in the industry. You know, you got ones that are prettier than others. But the main thing that turns me on, it used to be just pure physical. You know, if you had big tits, it was fantastic. If you had a beautiful face, gray, ad, whatever it was, I will focus on something and that's it. I made you beautiful. Now it's a little different because, you know, it just changes. Um, so there's more of a, you know, attitude thing. But I enjoy um you know big breasts very very much and um you know i tend to focus on that a lot and then you know if it comes with a good attitude um then it's even better because my me my performances go much more you know not on my tools but on the way that we do it on the way that it comes out you know on the, the sweating or the intensity or it, it comes you can see that through the you know you can see the you can see the chemistry if you want to call it chemistry through uh through the lens or or you know on on TV you know it's not a robotic kind of like whatever you know the guy with the humongous dick that can't move and you know I mean people sure they like that but it's just a little different for you know some other performers that you know rely more on on maybe putting a better performance and just laying there and just kind of like <laughs> mailing it in, mailing it in yeah and then a turn off will be uh, cleaning list. I'm very picky with that. Very, like, extremely, extremely. I got used to, you know, uh, you know, here, it's very, very, uh, you know, the girls always smell good. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. You know, so that is, that will be a big time turn off for me. And, you know, um, but, um, and attitude, you know, um, attitude and just, you know, overall, overall cleanliness as far as that, like the physical appeal or the physical, you know, I'll focus on something, you know, you know, chances are it's going to be a pretty girl. <laughs> so, um, you know, um, but yeah, the, the turn house will be that, you know, just somebody that is just, um, has a bad attitude and, um, or is not, you know, taking care of herself. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Simple stuff. Exactly. At the start of your career in porn, you worked extensively on uh, various uh, Bang Bros network websites. How did you link up with uh, Bang Bros? You know that um, uh, I will always be grateful for those people over there. I still have contact with them. Good, good peeps. Good peeps, definitely. Um, uh, I, I pretty much got in contact through uh, through a uh, through a third party, through an individual that. Um, was a friend of mine and wanted to be my agent um, in Florida, um, but I didn't really 
needed an agent because I wasn't interested in working anything else. Um, and it was just by chance. Pretty much one morning, I just uh, by this by this person who just called me up and said, "Hey, they need a they need to you know fill in." So I was a fill in, and I went and I filled in for somebody else that couldn't you know they couldn't do it. And then from there on, I kind of just got everything started with that you know with that particular company. Um, you know, and then I have two companies there, and then from there it just took off. Yeah, I can't remember. Did you ever fuck on the Bang Bus? Um, no, that that was another company that had like, uh, you know, like uh, I guess a cheaper version of that. Uh, what was the name of the company? I can't remember, but that was I did do those type of shoots with somebody else. Um, there was a it was actually a friend of mine. Um, they used to be involved with this with these people at at, at Bang Bros, and then. <clears throat> they were doing their own thing, so um, that's. But I never did it at at Bang Bros. I never did the bus there. No, I did not. I always did. Usually, um, most times, uh, their 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 bigger sites like Aspirate and uh, um, the what was the other one? The one where they bring all the girls from from here from California. I mean, they have a, a few specific sites that they like to use guys that you know won't give any trouble for everything else. They like to you know they like the amateuristic. Um, style of, of things. Another series that I want to talk to you about that was very early on in your career was for Josh Stone. You were in uh, the, his South Beach Cruising series, which was which was really interesting because it was a lot of it, like sort of a lot of like the tease stuff was done pretty much while you know it was like whether it's you and the girl and like i guess josh is there you know filming everything and it's like basically just driving down south beach and like you're getting head you know with like the top down or you're playing with her titties and stuff and it was it's all you know filmed out on the streets of south beach so i just wanted to see if you could share maybe an experience you know doing the south beach cruising series oh man that was great uh great crew um you know uh always always have love for josh and uh you know, and the opportunity and the chance. I mean, we had we had a lot of fun too. Um, you know, and that was that was new down there, and, and you know, and it was good. It was good stuff. You know, beautiful girls. Um, you know, you had a good idea, and uh, you know, it kind of you know made it happen. So that was uh, you know, that was a good 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 experience. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, and it kind of like just you know uh, made me um, kind of appreciate it now here. You know the way things are here and all that because that was you know, those were those were those were fun times for sure. Sounds good, man. As your career has grown, you've been doing all different types of work. I mean, you started off pretty much doing like a lot of like the gonzo type of things but i mean you've been now in like features you've been doing like all this incredible work especially since you're now on the west coast so my question for you is in preparing for a scene do you at all prepare yourself mentally in different ways depending on the type of scene that you have to do you know in particular like gonzo or reality based uh, types of scenes versus you know a skit based type of scene like something you would see like maybe on Brazzers or Naughty America or you know like the features that you do because I mean you've done some parody work you've done some of like the the digital playground type of uh, features the, um, the um, like the penthouse type of things hustler that kind of thing so do you at all have to like prepare yourself in different ways depending on how the scene is shot and exactly what you're doing in the scene you know basically you know uh, you know 
all sex versus, you know, you have to do a little bit of acting and that kind of thing. Yeah, you, I mean, you always prepare. The gossip thing, it's, you know, it's, uh, those are the more fun shoots because it's usually just lust, pretty much. I mean, you're pretty much watching a girl give you a tease to the camera right in front of your eyes. I mean, you know, and, and most times, and I, and I, you know, and uh, and that's really most times because I am a human being. Sometimes it doesn't matter. But yeah, but I'll say 99% of the time, those are those are definitely the more fun and more simple shoots because it's all based around, um, you know, the, the, the sex, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's all you pretty much have to worry about. I mean, you literally come in with no shirt, you know, or t-shirt, whatever, you know, whatever it is, the a very short skits, high, you know. I mean, even those are kind of called pro-am, kind of gangster stylish, you know, just very, very little dialogue, high, babysitter kind of stuff or whatever, simple. Um, and then the other ones, yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they cut it in blocks here, so they make it more simple. Um, as far as, uh, you know, I mean, there's times that you are on set for a long time, but if I have a lot of dialogue to do, um, I usually get those, you know, those scripts, uh, you know, a week before, whenever it is at this end, but usually with time. And there's definitely some preparation that comes to that because you don't want to be the guy holding up production. Um, you know, because you can't learn your lines or because you can't, you can't speak or or do anything else other than that, you know. Then that makes sex more difficult because once you done, you know, to me, that's the way it works. Um, I'm pretty good at just kind of like learning stuff on the fly and I can, uh, uh, improvising a little bit. They don't mind when you improvise as long as you keep it on topic. Um, so you kind of just, you know, read through it on, and, and then you just go from there, um, you know. Making the making the connection with the with the girl you're gonna be with or whatever, and you know if that's good, then it's even better, more comfortable. So it's not awkward or anything. It just they just kind of let you go. So that's why it's good working for the same companies, you know, like Digital and Wicked and all these companies because you get to know the crew and you know they know what you're doing. Once you work with them a little bit, if you get off, you know maybe you don't know exactly what they want you to say there, but you play it off and it just comes out good. You know, some people are able to do it and some people can't. So that's pretty much it. But it's definitely preparation that comes with, you know, with all types of shoot, um, you know, mentally and make sure that you stay physically prepared to top tip shape because, you know, you can't be mailing it in. <laughs> There's a lot of guys here looking for work. <laughs> that's true, man. So. Yeah, you got to keep on. Uh, you got to keep uh, being on top of the game. And speaking of being <laughs> sort of mentally and, and physically prepared, you've done a lot of incredible work for kink.com i mean i think the the two uh subsections of the site that you're in the most are like the upper floor and the hardcore gangbangs correct yes that is correct okay i've done uh, multiple sites for them but yes those are the ones that are more consistent yes right now sounds good man so you gotta share with listeners like what goes into preparing for those scenes because i mean i don't know if you have, you know, any, any type of, like, BDSM type of experience previously to working with kink, but, uh, you know, can you share with the listeners exactly what goes into your preparation for doing a kink.com scene? Because those are certainly much more intense than uh, the regular scenes that you do. I mean, it, it's a whole lot of, like, really rough and just slam-bang fucking. So uh, can you share with the listeners what goes on in preparation for those yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and, and believe it or not, that's not even 
my personality, the way it comes across because of the way physically I look, which works perfectly for some of those shoots. And, you know, um, as far as like the mental part goes, it's just, it's just being rough and knowing what to do. Like, you know, like you can, you know, hit a girl in her face like a bunch of times and make it look, you know, like almost like a stunt in the real movies or whatever. There's, there's a method to doing all these things with, looks rougher and then the intensity just comes out like that um there's a lot of parts that go into making one of those shoots um you know you're you're because there's other guys involved also so if, if there's no uh you know if there's no um i guess you say alpha male and then everybody else has to fall behind in order for the scene to kind of like go the way it's supposed to go because then it'll be just you know, uh, uh, it's been awkward before where there's just too much to stop. Well, there's always the stop going on, but um, pretty much from the stamp, from my point of view, from our point of view, which is, you know, the inside, um, the crew that does those type of scenes as far as the male talent goes, um, it's usually the same guys together because they know how to work together, um, you know, or uh, and it makes it easier. So that also comes into play. Um, when when you do that, it's easier to work with certain male talent because you know when to go, when not to go, or, or you know, or if you grab the girl and literally throw her to him, or whatever the case will be, when there's more people involved, as opposed to, you know, the upper floor, which is a little bit more of a live kind of voyeuristic kind of shoot, um, you know, where there's people just walking around kind of stuff and they just like filming live, so that has a different feeling to it because you're by yourself. So it's easier to prepare to that um, than it is for one of those hardcore, which, you know, you have to be very, very rough, you know, and sometimes it's not easy to um, get aroused as you, you know, because I'm not like, that's not my personality. So it's almost like an act that I had to put. So, um, you know, it counts when you, um, you know, when, uh, when you're, when you have other people that you know what to do, when to go in, when not to go in, you know. Because there's some annoying guys in this industry, but <laughs> so that will be. I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know it's okay. I'm not scared. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Okay, so speaking about gangbangs in general, because you seem to be like one of the dudes that whenever you know so and so, you know, porn girl is doing her first ever gangbang. You seem to be one of the guys that they always pick to do them. So my question for you is, is, you know, what's, I, I, I guess, do you feel that as kind of like an honor? You're like, yes, I, you know, I'm getting chosen for her first gangbang. Like what sort of goes into the mindset of just gangbangs in general? Not necessarily the kink ones, but just, you know, there are a lot of gangbang titles out there on DVD that uh, production companies do. And sometimes, you know, it's so-and-so's first gangbang and, you know, they market it around her and that kind of thing so my question for you is like what's since i would well i would say the majority of the listeners out there have never been in a gangbang you know what goes into like filming a gangbang for porn and uh, it seems to me and i'm so saying this as a compliment man but it seems that carlo is always in the pussy like carlo like never <laughs> leaves the pussy like out of all you know if there are like four or five dudes in the scene, Carlo is in the pussy like eighty five percent of the time. Like you don't you don't let go of it. Like you make it's sure it's not even like that. <laughs> no, they probably cut it like that, but it's not believe me, it's not even like that. Uh, but yeah, but it's, know, it seems uh, like you're always in it. Like Carlo knows exactly what to do to like stay in it. But um <laughs> so what well, goes I on just with that? My voice. 
<laughs> I'll just raise my voice and just, you know, flex a little bit. No, but you know what? The thing is, like I said before, like if you work with the same cats, with the same guys, you know, there's a there's a element of fraternity that comes to it. I mean, uh, believe it or not, um, that you're comfortable working with certain people. You know, not being sexual or physical. It's just that you're comfortable working. You know what to do and how to, you know, how long it is. I mean, who's, you know, there, there's a lot of things that people don't know than, and 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 I guess I'm 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 good with that. You know, I'm, I'm I get along with people pretty well. Um, you know, um, I know uh, when to take over, when to step back. I guess I, you know, when it comes to stuff like that. So it's uh, I guess it's easier for them to call. It, it is kind of like I feel good because that's true. The girls get to pick um, a lot. Like I would say, ninety. I don't know. But it's definitely even the night, probably ninety nine percent of the time the, guys, the, the girls get to pick who they want for those type of shoots. Um, you know, and, and so, so it is, you know, I like, of course, I like that. And it's usually the same guys, um, you know, because again, you know, there's a, there's a history that goes with that too, which works in our favor as far as putting a good performance out there, because it's all about the performers, you know, I mean, we have fun and all that. I'm not going to lie to you. I prefer to be by myself, um, you know, but, um, but it's cool, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, those things are fun. The girls are usually can't wait to do it. You know, that's one thing, um, you know, that I have, per, you know, very few um, awkward gangbangs, if you want to put it like that, because, you know, the, 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 the female talents are usually, you know, when they get to pick their guy, especially down here. I don't, I don't know how it is in other places, but over here in the West Coast, um, you know, big name girls get to pick it and they're, they're usually ready for it. So we, we, we have a great time. Cool, man. That's good to hear. And it's great to sort of learn a bit more about uh, sort of like the behind the scenes aspect of the industry. Now, now something I want to talk to you about is uh, basically celebrity sex tapes. And some of the listeners out there might be like, why am I asking Carlo about celebrity sex tapes? That's because you were featured in a, I'm going to put this in quotations, a celebrity sex tape. You... (laughs) were in a sex tape with a young lady by the name Myla Sinanaj. Oh, yeah. And yes. she's, for those out there that don't recognize that name, she was in the news for a very hot second and a half because apparently, I don't even know if this is true or if it's just allegedly, but uh, apparently she had an affair with Chris Humphreys while he was still <laughs> with Kim Kardashian, and she's kind of like a Kim Kardashian clone, and, and so that's why she made some sort of notoriety about herself, and uh, they did the whole, you know, celebrity sex tape thing, I, you know, it's, it was kind of like Fair Abraham, where she had James Dean in, in hers, and so she had right. you in hers, so I don't know how much of that is an actual sex tape, but can you share with the listeners a bit about <laughs> how this happened, how you got contacted to be involved in this? <laughs> oh, we had sex, all right. Well, well, that is true because I have seen it, so I know that that is involved. But no, she's a very no. You know what? Um, that was done through Vivid. Um, it was uh, I worked with them before. Very, very nice girl. Very beautiful girl. Super nice. Um, motives behind that, you know, none of my business. I don't know. You know, I mean, some people, uh, you know, like you said, they want to be on TV or whatever. But she's a super nice girl. It actually was a, a very easy shoot to do. Um, uh, as far as like it was a whole day kind of thing and um, you know and we did shoot 
like a lot of things that didn't came out of the tape that they were kind of like trying to make it look almost identical to uh, just other people did, I guess, uh, Kim and um, and this other guy, whoever was in the tape. Ray J. But, yeah. um, but it was fun. Yeah, it was, uh, she, again, she's a very nice girl. It was, it was my first. I never done one, one of those. I believe I haven't done one of those. No, I haven't you know, before, so it was a good experience, you know, again, um, Vivid did it, um, super nice chick, um, I think she lied about how much sex she had, <laughs> she, had she had too much fun, <laughs> so, uh, so, um, but, um, you know, but they treated me very nice, and, um, and, you know, she was very pleasant, and, um, you know, and it was a good experience, because, you see, that, that one, that whole thing, um, since she's not in the industry, you know, and she's never really been, in the industry, you know, and she was doing it for specifically to put it out there, you know, that can become awkward, you know, um, regardless of who you are, regardless of whether you have a name or not, it would have been Joe Blow in there, um, you know, but still, you know, like I said before, like people sometimes think about there might be consequences of doing something that they might regret or whatever, because of whatever reason, um, you know, but she was, uh, you know, she was, she was happy. She was, she's pretty, she's a beautiful girl. And, um, you know, and it, went, and it went well, I guess. Uh, the whole production went well and all that. We had a great time. I don't know how well it did. Um, I was supposed to be contacted for some other follow-up stuff. I know I have some friends in TMZ that I played basketball with. They said that they ran it. Um, I did an interview follow-up with that. And, um, you know, I still keep in contact with her. Not, um, I don't keep in contact with her, but, you know, um, I guess she, uh, she follows me on Twitter or whatever. You know, we never really talk or whatever, but, you know, she's a very nice girl. All right. Sounds good, man. And uh, I would assume, I don't know if you ever found out the process of how you were picked, but I'm assuming Vivid showed oh, her yes. a bunch of pictures well, and she was like, I want <laughs> that one. Yeah, that's actually pretty much how it was. No, but the picture thing, um, I think they wanted um, somebody that was, um, I guess, neither white or black. And it was just a resemblance of not too dark, not too light. And I guess I fell that in that category or whatever. And um, at that time, I was, uh, you know, I was in a hot streak, I guess. I was, uh, you know, kind of like getting stuff going really good. And, um, yeah, she just picked me. I think it was me. And who was the other guy? It was another um, guy. I think it was a, 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 a interracial performer. I can't remember what it was. Um, but anyways, yeah, I got picked. And uh, I thank her for that. It was fun. It was good. But that was the process, pretty much. You said it right. It was pretty much, you know, who you want out of this, you know, this two gentlemen right here. And then I guess you did her research or whatever, and, um, you know, and we had a great time. Sounds good, man. So, right now I want to break a porn scene down. In a scene, which okay. do you enjoy the most? Oral, mm-hmm. vaginal sex, or anal sex? Um, you know... How about none of the above? No, no, no. no. <laughs> all of them, all of them are fantastic. Um, you know, I, you know what? And to be honest, I, I really enjoy girls that know, that know how to use their hands to set things up. It's a little, um, it's out of the, uh, you know, uh, you don't see it as much on a regular kind of like, you know, set by set or uh, a scene. You know, I mean, you see it here and there, but I, I really enjoy um, girls that can use their hands. So that will be one of my favorite things, and then it becomes um, vaginal. I'm not into too much into um, shoot. 
I'm not into too much into uh, um, the anal sex unless the girl really enjoys it very much. Then I can really get into it. Um, but my pref my preference, and then blowjack comes actually in a last fourth place, third place. Then it's anal. <laughs> so it'll be hand hands, and then you know, uh, you know, pussy, vagina. You know, that's uh, that's always good. And then you know. And, you know, if the girl enjoys it, if I know that the girl really does these things and they enjoy it, then I can get into it a lot more. Because I, I, you know, I enjoy um, the, you know, when a girl gets wet and, you know, gets into it. That's like, I'm all into that. Like, I cannot be robotic on it. Mm -hmm. It just, it affects me when I'm robotic, you know. So, you know, and I uh, don't like to really mail in scenes. I, you know, I want to be 110% every single time. So that, to me, is important. Um, which is why I enjoy that part, and it makes them see, you know, like it's a pleasure for me, and I get more into it, and when I get more into it, because of the, you know, the way I, the way I walk, class dominating and stuff, the girls usually get into it, and, uh, you know, that's it. You know, once it goes into it, it's up to you pretty much how you want to view the scene, and, you know, girls here are pretty good, um, as far as, like, you know, if you know what you're doing, they'll just let you see what's up, and that's why the scenes come out, you know, very intense and very good. Sounds good. Now, this is in particular, since we're breaking down a porn scene, about you performing in a scene. What's your favorite okay. sexual position in a scene, and does that at all differ from your favorite sexual position off-camera in the real world? Okay, well, um, let's see. Yeah, a little bit of the first, because I like to be on, t like, um, my favorite position on on set you'll be the more probably more comfortable one will be spoon um that's what i prefer i don't like to do it all the time because it depends on the angles or whatever you know sometimes you gotta fucking like a little ass couch or whatever i'm six five you know it's it becomes you know i uh, just you it's know, like you're fucking on an ottoman or something i'm telling you man sometimes it makes you <laughs> shit it's not even i mean a piano and i was like what the fuck did people really checking out this like okay, whatever. Someone we'll out there again. likes it, and that's yeah, all that I matters. Know. Okay, for that one guy, good, excellent. I'm glad my niece fucking her now. But no, <laughs> um, uh, you know, besides the uh, the places, you know, usually they try to be creative. You know, when it comes forward to it, if the scene sucks, the couch is not going to save the scene. So, um, uh, you know, I guess spoon that will be on set because it's comfortable and you can open up and then you can be close to the girl because I'm close. I like to be close to the I, I like intensity, but I like to be close to the girl, especially if, um, you know, if the, if the chemistry's good, things are going, juices are going and everything's good. That really, really intensify the rest of the, uh, the rest of the scene. So I like to like have that be my first or second position. Um, sometimes a third, you know, you go by little sections. Sometimes you break it down into what you want to do. Um, just to, so I can finish either strong or so I can get things started. And in my personal life, um, missionary clothes, I mean, I like gold, I, you know, I can get pretty intense, but as far as being on top um, and being close to, the, to you know, uh, close to my girl, that, but still not like making love, I'm fucking. <laughs> like I'm laying it down, like, you know, it, it's going, it's going. Um, but I like to be close. All's you know, like, deep, I can, baby. I can, <laughs> I can be, yeah, it's going all right, but I can be close. Like I can be just really close to that person that I'm with, and you know, and still be able to, um, to really, really be intense. 
you know, and and and, and you know, and all that stuff, and I like to do whatever. So that will be the difference. And then you know, every other position depending on where you at. It, the other day I had to do something for Girlfriend Films, and it was on top of our 1965 uh, Mustang that was fucking with rust. I mean, it was the it was the most uncomfortable thing. Sounds ever. very sexy. Yeah, and you know, and uh, so. So that was you know that was one of those things that you know that you got to be prepared for and then you know you got to you know you got to do and you know what you have to do get it done and move on. Cool man and of course we all know how a scene ends in a right. scene where's your right. favorite place to shoot your load? Mm. Well in all honesty um uh I like to go from the position Usually from and me, my preference will be in, in mesh because I can maybe control how fast, deep, depending on how I'm feeling, um, how to finish the scene. I mean, there's times where, you know, maybe you're not 100% or maybe you're just not feeling that particular way of finishing that day. You know, they're, they're pretty good, at, especially when you get, um, you know, when, when you create a name and you create kind of like a persona and, a, and a, you know, a type of shoot. Or a type of uh, perform, you know, a, 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 I guess a type of work. People know you because of the way you work, directors and stuff. So they eventually will make it comfortable for you because they know the way you like to do it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it comes down to, you know, me. You know, I I like to when the girl jerks me off. That's my favorite thing. But they don't really like that too much. So the second thing will be just, you know, kind of like in a missionary position where. You know, I have control of, of the intensity or whatever, and just just right there. Just I don't really like shooting the lows in the faces because it's so overdone. It's like it, 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 sometimes it's like awkward. You go from like some crazy position in the couch, and then you have to stand up to like do this all crazy shit. It just makes no sense. I think it's better if it's more natural. If you just kind of like uh, you know come from from just having sex, or maybe your hand hand jobs are always good. <laughs> so it's always good. So that that would be my favorite place, body, like the stomach part. You know, she has uh, pretty tits, um, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just you know, I like that part of a woman's body. So mm -hmm. okay, cool, yeah. man. How would you describe your fuck style? Let's say there's someone out there listening who has never seen a Carlo Carrera scene. For them, tuning in right now, tuning in, getting to know you as a man, as a performer, how would you describe your fuck style? Well, I will describe my fuck style as uh, intense, passionate, and, you know, I always try to be into my scenes. Um, and that all comes from the pre-ground. I mean, there's some girls who just love sex, and it doesn't matter if you can, you know, if you know what you're doing, then it will be a good scene. So it all depends on you, on how you feel that day. Um, but a lot of it depends, you know. I mean, you're meeting a stranger sometimes here, and the West Coast is a little different. You get to work with the same people um, over and over, so you kind of, you know, so that's cool. That's one thing that I do like about here. Um, but other than that, you know, intensity, um, you know, I, I'm i not the biggest, but I'm not the smallest for sure. I mean, I'm 6'5", 220. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good down there. And um, so, but it's not all about that. And, uh, you know, I think that that comes, that is part of it, you know, what you're packing and all that, obviously. But I think the style that I will be more um, uh, associated with will be like, uh, 
an intense practice. Somebody who just, you know, alpha male kind of style, just, you know, you want to get, um, you know, gotta, gotta get it done, let's get it done kind of thing, you know, like a, a fantasy kind of thing. Like, I think that I, I get, uh, I get a lot of, um, how do you say that? Uh, you know, uh, like a women fans, um, not that I get a lot of fans or whatever, but some of the compliments will be more of that manly fantasy, kind of like a woman just giving in, kind of con like just losing control or, or not, or giving in control so I can just take care of business kind of style. So if you want to associate that with intensity and passion and stuff like that, then yeah, that's the way I am. So, you know, I try to create that fantasy. So, um, you know, intensity is the name. That will be, that will be what I am. Intense. And I would agree, man. <laughs> Overall, throughout your career yeah. in the industry, what has been one of your most memorable shoots? What has been a shoot that, you know, after you were done filming it, you were like, wow, man, you know, I can't believe I just did that. That was incredible. Um, you know, one of my most memorable shoots, uh, believe it or not, there's a lot of, there's several shoots that are, that are very good. Um, for one reason or another, um, mainly because of the sex. But this, this um, with uh, with the girl that I am now, this shoot that happened roughly maybe nine months ago. It was for this company called Twenty First Sex Century, I believe it is. Um, that I did a lot of work for great people over there. Um, uh, it was a shoot um, with this uh, with this starlet called Amy Anderson, and it was um, you know it was a Gonzo style kind of shoot, but it, it's just it just looked different. It was just very very intense, very very real. Um, everything like the positions were just perfect. There was no awkwardness. There was no um, excuse me. <clears throat> there was no awkward movements or anything like that. Everything just flowed. I mean, you know, sometimes there's you know cuts or whatever and all that stuff. But this one kind of just like it just looked good from the beginning. And um, that's the one that pops in my mind right now because I remember feeling really good after the scene and you know. Um, so good that you know kept hanging out with the person so <laughs> so that was uh that's the one that comes into mind but you know i had a lot of good 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 ones a lot of you know with it with, with, with my talent you know um lets me do what they do and and and, and you know and, and it comes out really good good stuff man overall who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with well let's see I don't want to, you know, let's see, top five. Let's keep it short. Okay, sounds good. I've, top five, not in, not in necessarily in, in numerical order, just just names, so nobody gets mad. Um, Amy Anderson. Um, you better put that name in the list. <laughs> Jinx Makes. Um, she's great. Uh, um, shoot. Uh... Let's see, uh, Bonnie Ryan. Um, let's see, um, also um, Asa Akira. And let's see, uh, even though I only worked with her a few times, um, who else comes into mind? There's definitely a lot. It's just, uh, let me see who, uh, let me see who's this one. I got four already. Is that it? Mm -hmm. I got Amy. Yep. I got Bonnie. I got. What's the, what's the other one I said? Um, Jinx Maze. 
yes, Jinx, of course, of course, Jinx Mace. Um, and then, uh, you know what? Gosh, what's the other one that, that is that is really good? There's there's so many cool chicks out there. Um, you know what, Tori Black. Um, I got to work with her a couple times just because of the way she worked also. And we only got to work a few times. I'm, I'm, I mean, I have a lot of girls that are fantastic. But those are the ones that kind of stand out because, um, you know, um, they probably match my intensity on, mm-hmm. you know, on set. You know, it's always good to just, you know, fuck the share of a girl and she doesn't do anything. I don't mind doing that at all. But then these other chicks are kind of like, you know, they go, they, they kind of try to match you up. And then it just, you know, if, if it clicks and if, you know, it just magic, it's really, really worked, worked well. Um, you know, and I just put some really good names out there, too. So these girls, there's a reason why they have these names is because of, you know, they do good work. Um, so those, those, those will be, you know, those will be uh, some of my faves. There's, there's a bunch. I'm telling you, I'm leaving a bunch of people out, but those will be my faves because, you know, at the top of my head, they, they match, you know, my intensity that I like to bring to set, so... Awesome, man. Fantastic list. Fantastic list. Now... <laughs> yeah, it's <was> pretty good. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, those are those are some great names. So, listeners, certainly Google and uh, check them out if you haven't <laughs> seen, you know, Carlos scenes with them. Now, as far as people that you have not worked with, are there any performers out there that uh, are on, like, your must-do list? Someone that uh, you're looking forward to doing a scene with? I used to have a must-do list. Um, I got disappointed a couple times, so I left it alone. Um, just a couple times. Um, you know what I'm saying? As far as, like, you know, the girl just wasn't, you know, I, the, and it was all attitude, too. It wasn't even physical things. So, you know, so I don't have a must thing. But I do have, um, you know, people that I, you know, it would be cool to work. Um, I almost worked um, not too long ago with Nikki Benz. Um, that we're going to do an interracial thing and um you know they ended up going all the way interracial um which is perfect it's fine real nice 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 girl met her a couple times very very nice girl um so one and then you know there will be other ones um uh you know i chanel preston um i have worked with her a couple times fantastic and a beautiful beautiful girl um you know that will be even though i work with her you know I like to work with her again, but this so you know there's there's a lot of starlets out there that um, you know that are beautiful and that are really good at what they do and um, you know so I will I will have to say that you know most girls that I have worked with I would love to work with them again. Okay, a very diplomatic answer, <laughs> but I'll accept it. <laughs> But it's but it's for truth. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Nikki is well, the one that comes into mind, and and it goes down to where I, you know, I really I don't really pay attention to it, believe it or not, as much as, you know, it, it comes to the part of uh, now is you know it's still fun, but like I said at the beginning, you know, it's more work now, you know, and not necessarily a bad thing, but the mentality kind of changes. So there's you know for me. It's not all about, you know, how horny can I be when I get set, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little more now, you know, it's a little more, um, you know, uh, I still enjoy myself or try to enjoy myself as much, you know, as much as I can. Um, but you know, things like that, like paper performance and who you want to work like at the beginning, I had, believe me, a huge list and I will pop out names, but I work with all of them. 
um, for the most part. And you know, and uh, so uh, so that will be you know that, that that will be the answer. Okay, I accept it, man. <laughs> At the start of your career, and and even now to this day, are there any performers out there that you look up to in the industry? Any performers out there whose career, whose trajectory, maybe you hope to? Uh, I don't want to say you know you want to mimic, but you know just whose career and traje- trajectory that you see as inspiration for your own career in the business. Well, you know, um, I was fortunate enough. That when I came to um, to LA and moved over here, I got paired up right away with top tier performers. I mean, the cream of the cream. Manuel Ferrara is a really good friend of mine, um, and so is Ramon Namar. I mean, you're talking about guys, you know, these are these studs. And um, you know, I actually lived with with Ramon for you know about six months um, when I first moved over here. Fantastic person. Um, you know, uh, and there you go. Those are guys that are very intense on what they do. I don't watch their scenes anymore. I can't. I can't. I can't see any scenes of people that I know anymore. But um, but as far as like before, I remember being in awe when I first met you know Manuel. It was because pick me up and go play basketball. You know, he only pick me up because I can play ball. <laughs> and now we're good friends. Um, you know, so you know, I remember being like, oh shit, this is the guy. That's crazy. You know, and the same thing with Ramon. And, you know, those are the two that come into mind. There's a lot of really good performers out there. Um, you know, I don't necessarily try to make myself, like you said. Um, uh, you know, I try to make my own style. I don't really watch my scenes. I just, you know, don't, don't watch anybody else. Um, you know, I've seen enough of what have worked for some people. And I just try to make it work for me. And, uh, you know, I'm making my own thing. You know, I don't, I don't want to get caught up in trying to be some, you know, somebody, you know. But these two cats... You know, their intensity definitely is something that is the reason why 15 years later they're still slanging it, you know, and, and, and being successful at it. And, um, you know, not that I want to be that long, but, you know, that's uh, that's what they do and that's why they're great at it. And those are the two names that come into mind. Certainly good choices there, man. They've uh, definitely been doing the damn thing uh, pretty much since uh, day one in, in their careers. So definitely great choices of, uh, of people to look up to people. in this yeah, business. Yeah. yeah, good peeps too. Yeah, Manuel is amazing. We uh, recently had him on the station for this epic three-part interview. It was, it was fantastic. And I haven't interviewed Ramon yet, but that's someone that's on my list. So uh, maybe Carlo yeah. will put in a good word. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've, that's crazy. I just they just texted. I'm gonna pass by his house after we get done here. <laughs> Sounds good. So, so yeah, so I'll let put, I'll put in a good word. Let him know that Papi Chulo from Papi Chulo Radio wants to have him on. No worries. Fantastic, man. So it's now time for the big question. Emphasis on the word big. This is the question that I'm sure all of your hardcore fans and all of your supporters are out there dying to know. I know you know what I'm talking about. How much is Carlo Carrera packing? Well, it's nine, and uh, you know it's um, it's up. Uh, you know, I think it's grown <laughs> over the years. Uh, Car- Carlo, is still, growing, Carlo <laughs> is still growing, Carlo is still growing, listeners. Late breaking news. Growing, <laughs> I'm still in a, I'm still in a growing process, to be honest with you, because I honestly see um, and. Uh, from maybe my first, I don't. Maybe I was bigger physically, and maybe that, you know, because I'm not, 
you know, I'm not 12 or anything like that. There's not a lot of guys like that in the industry, anyways. They can do it every day. But you know, but when I stand, for example, next to a guy that is supposed to be, you know, the man, you know, and I'm like right there, you know, it's like okay, I'm just like you, bro. <laughs> and so, um, pretty much, uh, uh, you know, nine is the standard, I guess. Uh, you know, it's just that I'm a little different. It's not your standard-looking um, tool, <laughs> if you want to put it like that. Um, but it seems to, uh, you know, it seems to be okay. Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent and large pop shot? I would say your pop shots are, are usually very consistent. I mean, they're you're always shooting a whole bunch of stuff. So do you do something like as far as maybe watch what you eat? Do you try to abstain from, you know, anybody touching down there before a scene? Like what exactly goes into your routine to make sure that the pop shot is uh, camera ready? Well, um, it definitely uh, it definitely comes. Uh, uh, the nutrition is t- 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 a big part of it for the consistency, as far as it goes. The consistency of it. Um, you know, I, I you know I eat a certain way uh, because I have to maintain a certain type of body. Um, but it definitely like something that I would like to like. I like to eat red meat before my shoots. Um, like I'll eat any you know a, a strip or, a, or I'll go to a, to a restaurant to eat specifically tons of red meat if I have, you know, uh, you know, two shoots in a row or whatever the case will be, but that will be the number one option and choice if I have a busy week or, um, I don't do it before every, um, you know, every scene or anything like that, but definitely red meat definitely helps with, uh, the intensity of, the uh, how much it is or whatever. And then everything else, it's just how you eat and, you know, and how you, you know, uh, get your sleep and, and make sure you're hydrated or whatever. You know, there's some guys that can do it a few times, but you have to do it 20 times a month. Um, you know, it's a little different. Uh, you know, anybody can do it two, three times or whatever. But um, so yeah, nutrition and and um, you know, and the way you uh, and the way you hydrate yourself, it definitely, definitely comes into play when it comes to that. You know. Okay, good advice, certainly for those out there that uh, want to achieve a porn star quality pop. Yeah, no, you know, there's no magical formula, to be honest with you. Um, And a lot of it's just genetics. Some people are predisposed to just pop big. Yes, that is true, too. And, you know, and, and I found out, too, that, you know, the younger you are also, and this is, you know, also I've seen it, you know, um, and me myself, you know, when you get older a little bit, you know, you have to actually intensify the way you eat and all that because you have to almost like catch up with your younger self. Because I remember I used to not be so uh, into the whole, you know, I always had as far as like good genetics physically or whatever, but, you know, not worry as much as what I ate or how I ate or how much I ate. And I remember having these humongous pop shots. And, um, you know, very intense. And, uh, you know, but now, you know, now nutrition and the way that I, you know, uh, treat my body works more into the consistency of that, where it used to be um, not as much. Now I have to take care of that a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, but, but still, I don't, I don't mind. You know, it's cool. Yeah. I know how to do it. So All right. I don't take no pills or anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, senior citizen Carlo. 
<laughs> Talking about back in the day when I was young. I know, right? No, man, shoot, man. I, I'm, I'm a late bloomer, too, man. I mean, I got friends here that have been doing it for 12 years, and they're like 31. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I've been saying this since I was 21. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious, man? I'm 21. I was I was way off base. I, I, yeah, I wasn't even close. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. That makes sense. Now, talking about scenes in general, what has been, uh, like, one of the funniest things that has ever happened to you on set? Uh, like, a funny, a funny thing that has happened on set will be... Um, this happened in Florida, and uh, and it's the first thing that comes into mind is that we were doing a, it was like a mini, it wasn't a gangbang, it was a group scene, and um, there was three, um, you know, six people involved, um, three girls, three guys, and then there was girls that were only going to be doing oral, and just kind of like just groping and stuff, so there was actually five girls, three guys in the crew. And we were doing this uh, this location in South Beach, and the house actually had the windows in the back, um, and <clears throat> had like this huge windows in the back that you could see. It was like getting dark, and you can see out. And as it was getting dark, they just took forever to shoot the damn thing. So when they turned on the lights for us to do what we were doing, you couldn't see outside from us, and everybody was looking at it. it, it this was this huge windows. Just imagine a house, you know about 12 feet high windows from Florida, you know, Florida ceiling, the whole thing, and then the lights flashing on us, and we were in the middle of the living room, and then literally from the across the rip, from across the, you know, the, it's not a river, but from across the, um, how do you call that thing, whatever, it was in the sea, but whatever, from across that, you could see everybody, and they called the cops, and then the, <laughs> so the wow. cops show up, yeah, no, no, but this is where it gets good, because the cops show up, right? And, um, you know, and they, you know, we're in the middle of the scene or whatever, and they're, you know, and I mean, you could see, I mean, we found out that you could see everything from all the way on the other side. I mean, you could, I mean everything, everything. And um, so the cops come over, whatever, and they come in, and there's a friend of mine there. His name, uh, he used to be um, one of the guys from Bang Rose, Ramon. Ramon, uh, not another Ramon, not Ramon from LA, but. Yeah, Ramon, Ramon, Ramon from Bang Bros. Ramon from Bangalore. Yeah, 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 Ramon. <laughs> so Ramon... This is Everybody knows Ramon. Yeah, so Ramon was, uh, you know, we were doing that over there, and the cops, they, you know, they love Ramon. And um, and they was like, well, can we stay over here and we'll just go <laughs> go to the top floor? Because the house had, like, a den inside the house, like a loft-style stuff. So mm -hmm. you could overlook the actual shoot from the top. And we actually made the cops sign a release for him. And uh, now, it, was it a release form? It was, uh, they, the whole thing is that we didn't get in trouble. And they watched the whole thing. Um, and that was, that, that never happened. I never seen it happen here. I never saw it happen again over there. And the whole thing, because there was people running everywhere and whatever. And then it didn't just happen like that. Like one of the guys, what well, he knew, and then it kind of just like evolved into, well, you know what, we want to kind of watch what's going on over here. But that was really pretty girl stuff. <laughs> so. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say any names of cop. No, I don't know any of them. So, but yeah, they <laughs> stay around and they, they actually watch us. They watch us, uh, finish the thing. We have to actually change the location. We have to go upstairs. Um, so, uh, but they watch the whole thing. Well, there you go. Hey, at least you yeah. didn't get in trouble. So that's the important it part. It was funny. Then. Yeah, it was funny, man. It was funny then because, you know, the, the whole thing about 
thing coming in, and you know, and I'd never been in that situation. I didn't even know what to do or anything like that. And we didn't know at all how bad it was. Because there were, I mean, people on the other side, families and shit. I mean, everybody was watching this crazy, crazy thing going on. And, um, you know, so it wasn't long before the cops were knocking on the door. Yeah. You know, and then for that to happen afterwards and everybody walking, going home, all happy. Yeah. That's, uh, that was interesting. I believe it, man. Good grief. So, from the funny <laughs> to the embarrassing, has anything embarrassing ever happened to you on set? Yeah, I farted. Okay. <laughs> that was very embarrassing. And it happened, uh, happened a couple times, actually. And I mean, it was because the girl was jumping <laughs> on me. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was me. And then uh, that was me personally, as far as like what happened to me, me. Um, but funny things that have happened other than that, um, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. I think the other thing that come to my head is me doing that because a girl was uh, riding me on cowgirl and I was trying to switch positions <laughs> and I was trying to switch positions and the camera happened to be, um, you know, in that angle where they get the girl, <clears throat> where they get the girl in cowgirl and, uh, you know, and she's kind of like doing that bankroll style kind of ass parade, kind of like up and down. And I was trying to move. And I mean, the camera was right there. And, I'm, and <laughs> we stopped. It was very, it was bad. So, you know, nothing happened. It was just, it was just. Time to get the air freshener. It was, it was, I was in a lot of, I was like this crazy protein diet. So it was, oh, uh, so it was, it was yeah. <laughs> it was one of those protein parts. And, uh, so that Carlo was, uh, cleared the room. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's actually what happened. We had to stop, but it, we couldn't stop laughing, though. So it wasn't like anybody was like, whatever. Yeah, it was a good scene, so it cleared up. There you go. Well. Yeah, that's the one I can remember. I mean, I'm sure there are other things that happened and funny before, you know, but um, uh, as far as uh, as far as me personally, what happened, that, I, that was it right there. I mean, you know, we get fucked up girls on, on set all the time, but, you know. Not funny about that no more. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have any desire to eventually work behind the scenes as a director or producer in the business? You know that that's um, definitely, in all honesty, never been a desire of mine. And to this day, it hasn't. I have all the things that I do, um, you know, that I write to keep to myself, but um, you know, that are related to the things that I used to do before I was involved in the industry. And um, you know, good, you know the, the the money from the industry has helped me a lot to um, kind of like um, you know try some things and that you know, and achieve your part. personal goals. Yeah, you know, or at least get me going because there were some things that I wanted to do that I did, just didn't have the the financial freedom to do. And then um, you know, fortunate for me, I'm, I, you know, I've been able to you know to to do some things because of. You know, because of the industry, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because of the porn industry, where I've, you know, been able to put some, you know, money here and there, whatever, and just, you know, try to see some, some things happen. And uh, so, no, it's never been a thought, and that's an honest, uh, an honest question. I, have I tried? Have I been approached to it? Sure. Can I do it? Yes. Because I do it for, uh, you know, for the, for the person I'm involved with now. Um, uh, she has a site all you know. Um, so I do it for her, um, you know behind the camera a little bit and also inside but it's not something that really interests me 
Um, I'm just not into it like that. I just have other things that I'd rather do. Okay. I like that answer. It's an honest one, and, uh, you know, it makes sense. Not everyone has that desire to be. I thought I was going to have it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to have it, especially when I first started. Um, But then I just thought all angles on it, you know, and, 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 you know, and, you know, I'm just not interested in that. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not everyone needs to be behind the scenes. Right, yeah, and I, you know, I love, I have most of my friends that I, you know, decided very good at what they do, you know, and um, and all that. It's just, you know, nothing, nothing personal. It's just, you know, I'd rather do other things. Exactly. You mentioned that you don't watch your own scenes. Is that something that you've done since the beginning? I have come across some stuff. I, you know, uh, uh, but not, I never watch a whole scene for sure. That's for sure. In six years, never, ever, not one time, I have watched an entire scene. Um, most of the things that I will watch will be the clips that they put in, um, you know, to promote the scene, like, you know, Naughty America or Brassers or whatever does any of that. Um, so uh, th- th- those I will watch, and I haven't watched those in a while either. I just like to just move on from it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really do. I don't know why I'm too critical of myself. There's things that I don't like that I'd rather not even see. I'd rather just, you know, show up when they call me. Okay. <laughs> I must be doing something right if they're still calling. So obviously, yeah, that makes sense. How old yeah. were you when you saw a porn film for the first time? The first porn film that you ever saw in your life? Maybe 16. I think it was. I think it was uh, my friend's uncle had this old, old Spaniard. <laughs> it was from Spain. And uh, and I remember that for sure. Um, uh, it was from Spain, and we, I guess we, he stole it from the top. You know how your dad has like a tape or whatever, like the famous tape that your dad had hidden and all that shit. And it was, you know, like a little group. It was like five of us, and we were watching like, holy shit. And that was the first time that I did and uh, that I watched that, and I was like, holy crap, you know. I've never been into, you know, I'm, I mean, I like, you know, porn like the, every other guy, you know, well, maybe not like every other guy, but as far as, like, you know, I would have an interest in it before I got in the industry for sure, just, you know, to get off or whatever, you know, but I never liked the, you know, the whole, I saw it for what I saw, especially now that I'm in it, now I really don't watch it, and, you know. Um, uh, there's other things that, you know, I watch, like, amateur stuff now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, that was the first time. And it was some some, some Spaniards, some, some movie from Spain or whatever. And um, and then from there on, it was just very random. Um, because I was still in the Dominican Republic, so it wasn't like I had access to internet or anything like that. So it was very random from there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Playboy's foursome. Sure. Because, uh, I mean, you've done, obviously you've done a lot of adult work, but you've also done some, like, softcore type of stuff, and, and you've done a lot of, like, the Playboy vignette type of things. So, how did you get involved with Foursome, and, uh, you know, what was that experience like? Because was it fully hardcore? Was it softcore? You know, what was going on with Foursome? Oh, no, it was hardcore, and I think I've been the only one, unless, unless somebody else got laid. I think I was the only one that got laid in the show. Okay, well, there you go. Um, I think so, because they called me back for it. I don't know if that aired, actually, but I did another one of those. Um, here in L.A., actually, they, they um, you know, 
they still call me to this day. One of the girls calls me to this day, not to do anything, but, you know, to see what's up with me and all that stuff. But that experience was good. Um, you know, the first one obviously was in Miami and all that, and that's what, the one that I actually got laid. And, um, and I then, you know, uh, I, I guess the idea, obviously, because of the name foursome was to try to, you know, make, they don't, they don't make you do anything because these are more, more regular people, quote unquote, whatever, you know, it's not your porn stars. And I wasn't, you know, they didn't know that I did it at that time. Um, but I wasn't fully into it anyways. You know, I was like, just another guy. And, um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was a good experience in Miami. And I got a little bit too drunk there. And uh, I don't know how that came out because I'd never seen the show. I think I had long hair when that happened. Um, so uh, so that was a good experience. And then the one here was a little bit different. I got kicked out. <laughs> oh, my. And why is that? <laughs> the, uh, gosh. Well, the girl was... Not the girl. I think I got a little bit too messed up. Um, you know, uh, they call me back. The guy, the, the, my wingman was terrible. Brutal. I mean, brutal. My wingman was brutal, brutal, brutal. Work. There was just no, there was just no, no, uh, he wasn't backing me up on stuff at all. You know, I was like, dude, do you want to get laid or not? And the girl, you know, I guess the girls, one of them was, uh, you know, I, I think she had, uh, she had been a stripper before, so she was pretty. And, um, you know, she was pretty hard to get or whatever, but it just got old after a while, and then I just wanted to go to sleep, and then the camera was in my face. <laughs> and, uh, unfortunately, the guy was much smaller than me, and, uh, you know, I kind of raised my voice a little bit, and um, and then he didn't send me home, so. Okay, and then there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they're cool with that, because I still keep contact with them. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, and they got me other shit, too. Like, they got me other stuff, too, the same people from Playboy or whatever. And, you know, it, well, speaking other of other stuff, I mean, you were on Bravo's The Millionaire Matchmaker. I know, right? And they what the me hell? Again too. I know, I know, isn't that crazy? And they called me again once they found out that I did it. They wanted me to, like, reveal. Yeah, that's an interesting story, too, because if I wanted to be on TV, I'll be on TV. Believe me, I'm a simple guy, man. <laughs> I'm, uh... The the, the 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 whole millionaire matchmaker thing came about um, from somebody I met um, uh, in an agency on, on a regular casting agency. Um, my I guess my picture was submitted, and then I met this person before that. Um, uh, my picture was submitted from my uh, L, uh, my point in, uh, agent at the time, which was LA Direct. And they, you know, I had mentioned to him that I would like to try that also. And, you know, he said, okay, cool. I know some people in the, you know, on the regular industry, entertainment industry, but some, you know, some casting agency that they can, uh, they can hook you up. And, uh, and then so my name was put in there, and that's it. I went in there. It was 30 guys, and I made it to the final. Okay. And then they find, yeah. And um, um, pretty much uh, the second time around, they found out that I did what I did, and this is re probably, uh, what are we, in December, uh, November, this was probably, uh, I want to say June, this June, they called me back again, and I was going to do it, everything was all set up, I was going to do it, and they wanted me to reveal, or to, you know, kind of like, revisit what I did again for a living, and kind of, they're going to not do the show around that, but it was going to be part of it, because I was coming back into the show, obviously people knew me already, because... You know, I have seen the, you know, the, the either blogs or people that talked about the show saying that I was a porn star and all this and blah, blah, blah. 
So people knew about, you know, because I made it all the way to the final, so they wanted me to do that. And um, and I had it. I was going to do all that stuff. And then at the last second, I was like, uh, I'm not prepared yet or whatever. I don't know why I chickened out, to be honest with you. Um, but I did it, and I called it off. And that was the end of that. So I was going to do two. I, mean, I don't know if I was the only one that has done that as far as the Millionaire Matchmaker does. By not winning, meaning. I don't know. I don't really watch the show anymore. So, But that was the story of Millionaire Matchmaker right there. Okay, so what exactly were they going to have you do? Like, I don't watch the show, so were they were they trying to set you up with a millionaire, or like what was going on? Yes, the story of the show is that they set you up with a millionaire, and um, uh, well, I guess if a person has more than a million dollars in assets or whatever, but um, I was paired up with this uh, Olympian um, from very nice girl, very pretty girl too. I've you could probably look her up, but I can't remember her name. Um, but they, you know, uh, pretty much they do it like a girl and a guy, and then there's, um, I think it's 25 people per, you know, 25 guys that come into the first casting call, and then from there, uh, <clears throat> and then from there they cut it down to 10, and then uh, and then that's it, and then to two, and then that's it, and you go from there. The same thing with the girl side. So. Um, uh, but it's usually two millionaires. I wasn't casted as the millionaire. I was casted as the, um, you know, one of the participants that wanted to get with the millionaire. So, but I don't know if they have called because I don't watch the show anymore. I never really watched it then. Um, after I did it, I haven't watched that show. <laughs> and that specific show that I did, I never watched the whole uh, ever. I never watched the front, the, at the end. I don't know what I said at the end. I don't know how stupid I look. I don't know anything. <laughs> All I have watched. All I watch is the clips that people send me on 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 Twitter or Facebook or whatever you know people that know me or whatever back in the, you know back then and um, and that's it. I never watched any of it because I talked a lot. I think that's why I got the prize. Like they said that they cut off like halfway through the shows, like it was being quiet and and it was like okay, now somebody's got to show personality. And then I just started talking or whatever, and then that's it. I just went from there. I think I talked Spanish too. It was, it was. Oh my God, I don't even want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Reality TV uh, sensation Carlo Carrera. Ah, uh, yeah, right. I know. You know, would have been great if, uh, if I would have hooked up with that girl. She was real pretty. You and know? then you so, two could have made a sex tape. It would have been. It would have. I know. No, she definitely would not forget me. That's for sure. But no, there was other pretty girls in that set too. So I'm not. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> okay. So as we start transitioning to some serious questions about the business, a question that I want to ask you is sort of in relation to how I introduced you for this interview. Like, in my opinion, you are one of the most underrated male performers in the business. There's like a handful of guys that really, you know, in my opinion, don't get as much love as some of the ones that are sort of like the top guys that are known as like the top guys in the business. So would you agree that... Do you at all feel like you are underrated as a performer, that you don't get um, your sort of due as some of your fellow performers in the business? You know, um, I never really get caught up in stuff like that, um, uh, in all honesty with you. You know, that's why I don't read much of the stuff or look at my scenes, you know, and all that stuff, because I go on feel. Um you know, I believe that if you know if I do a good job, then everything else will take care of. So I don't, I don't crave the fame. Um, 
you know, as much as maybe somebody else that might put themselves out there, not necessarily being a better performer or anything like that, um, but maybe just as good, and then they put themselves out there a little bit more because they're more into that. I'm not really into that stuff at all. I'm already 6'5", 220. I look like a fucking superstar already. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 like, it doesn't, like, to me, um, it doesn't hurt me to have somebody else get recognition for something that I do just as good or um, at the same level because of whatever reason, whether it's the skin, whether it's uh, my look, whether it's uh, height, whether it's I'm too big, it's too much Carlo, you know, because that happens also, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and it's understandable, you know. I'm Sometimes uh, the part doesn't fit me because it's just, I'm, you know, I wish it was more just the dick, but it's everything that is big. You know, so it's too much man. So sometimes that doesn't fit the scene. And um, uh, credit where credit is due. I mean, there's some really good performers out there or whatever. So it doesn't really bother me. I just show up and, you know, there is a little competition, whatever. I just do my thing. And that's it. Okay. I like that answer. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, mean I, I, I like competition. Um, but there's no... I don't hold any grudges for anything. And I don't really follow this stuff. Like, I don't really... Bl like, I barely know any reviews about, you know, maybe one day I'll smoke some weed or whatever, and I'll start reading some reviews on the blog or whatever. So, you know, most of the stuff that I have read is positive things. I mean, I used to read the stuff in Brassers. That's when I stopped, actually. When I worked for uh, Brassers, uh, that I worked consistently for a while when I was in Florida towards the end, towards the end of my stay there, I worked a lot for them when they were still... Um, when there was still brassers there, now they're called mofos. Um, so I did a lot of the beginning stuff over there with them. And I used to get some terrible reviews, but not because of performance, but because of the way I looked. And, um, oh, wow. You know, because I, yeah, oh, you should see, you should read some of the shit that I got. It's ridiculous. And the black guys get even worse. It was just it's sad to see that, you know, to see that still four years ago, whatever. I mean, I don't read it now. I mean, I've done some, some work for them. Um, you know, again, I don't read reviews anymore because it just made this just it was just senseless stuff. Um, it wasn't even about the scene, like <laughs> you know, it wasn't even about reading the scene. It was just you know uh, all this uh, all this nonsense or whatever. Um, so uh, so yeah, unfortunately, that's still you know that 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 went on over there. So I stopped reading the reviews. Uh, you know, I felt like I was uh, like it would affect me because then I was kind of like subconsciously performing for that fucking dude that said whatever and um or whoever and uh so that kind of like i said nah, nah that's just too much negative energy that's it i'll do what i do and i'll just pick up the phone and go to the bank mm -hmm. and that's it well let's focus on this because i was going to ask this in a couple of questions but since we're already talking about race as a latino sure. male performer in the business have you ever felt any racism or discrimination directed at you i mean, I mean you there there are not that many male latino performers in the business and I, that's actually my next question so we'll discuss that in just a second but out of like all the males i mean you are the one with the darker skin you don't have the lighter skin you you certainly have more of uh, you're more on on the darker side of the spectrum as opposed to the other Latinos in the business which are certainly much more on the lighter side of the spectrum so can you go into you know just racism and discrimination as a darker skinned Latino in the business yeah it happens um, it doesn't happen like it happens to some of my brothers 
you know, that are on the, on the, you know, that are in the ratio by, by porn standards. Um, you know, like the black performances, unfortunately, they, they really get, you know, behind the scenes too, unfortunately, because it has happened to me and now I can relate to it. You know, um, it didn't happen to me as much in Florida because of the, uh, the amateuristic style of the shoot that they really dictate the male talent as much as it does here. You see here, and and in Los Angeles, uh, girls have more of a say in who they get to work with, and directors also, you know, veer you on what is it they want to shoot, and you know, there's definitely a lot of racism still going on. Um, they dismiss it as, you know, you know, I just don't work with black guys right now. You know, that will be a typical answer for, uh, you know, for a girl. And I have met some girls that are, you know, that couldn't be further from the truth. Like they fuck black guys or guys like me or, or, or whatever the case will be like they're not you know racist at all there's those girls that just prefer not to put it on tv yet because they're catering to a certain type of audience um you know and then there's the other ones that are you know that they just you know that that, that are they have that negative energy towards uh you know on doing an erasure so there's both sides but i, I haven't experienced this as much as, as some of the black performances unfortunately but i have definitely and it happens still. To this day, it still happens. Um, you know, but I do get a lot of work because I'm not all the way there. So the girls will feel more comfortable maybe, like, making the transition eventually, I guess. Um, you know, I guess that's one way that they look at it. Because I do get a lot of work that gets, you know, that gets passed over as, you know, let's get rid of the musty white guy for this time and let's bring something else. Let's bring some flavor in here. And, you know, we work with a black guy. No, I won't block him. You know, I won't. Okay, what about this guy? Okay. <laughs> and that will be me. So, that's still going on to this day, unfortunately. But, you know, there's really nothing you can do about that because it happens behind the scenes. So. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, with these interviews that, that I do, it, it's nice to expose a little bit of it and to, to sort of show the listeners that, uh, unfortunately, this stuff goes around. But I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that this kind of stuff goes around behind the scenes. Yeah, it goes around and it gets kind of chucked out, you know, as, oh, it's just porn. You know, or, you know, it's, it's just like whatever. Like, you know, it, but, but it's, you know, it is... And, you know, and I'm not going to go down that road and explaining why this and why that. Fine. It was 2014. You make your own decisions on that. Um, but, um, you know, it, it still goes on. And, and, you know, and when you are, you know, when you're getting paid the way we get paid, and sometimes, you know, the attitude of some chick dictates whether you get, you know, $1,000 that day or not or whatever it is that you're getting paid, um, just based on, you know, is she in a good mood today? You know, the, the element of that, also, um, when it comes to the the skin color, it's always present. It's always there. You know, I got canceled before. I've been on set before, me, myself. I've been on set before the, where the girl walks over to the director and say, I don't work with black guys. I, that is a true, true, mm -hmm. as true as they get. And, um, you know what I'm saying? And I've been there. And then I have to have the director. And then I'm like, but hold on a second. I'm not. <laughs> But um, but regardless of that, but you know, you're black um, enough. Yeah, exactly. But regardless of that, you know, I get, I, I, I do get away with a lot, so I can, you know, I don't, I don't complain because I know that some of my, some of my good friends that are, you know, on that side, unfortunately, you know, get passed over, uh, you know, more often because of it, um, 
you know what I'm saying? Because you mm-hmm. got, you know, like the set guys on that side or whatever, so it's a little tougher to kind of crack in or whatever consistently because there's still work. It's just consistently for you to make a living on it. It's just much, much, much difficult when you're on that side than when you, you know. So I've been fortunate at one point, but I also experienced a lot of that, for sure, a lot of that. And I just will shrug it off. It doesn't matter. I end up fucking him anyways later on. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and then there's that. Yeah. <laughs> As I mentioned in uh, this previous question, you are one of the few male Latinos in the industry. As, as far as working consistently here in uh, the United States and uh, with the um, the major top companies doing like feature work, gonzo work, that kind of stuff. I mean, I, if I if I'm not mistaken, there's like Marco Banderas, there's uh, Tony Ribas, there's Ramon Namar, and you. I mean, at one point there was Marco Rivera, but I think it's been a while since he's do- he's done stuff. And other than that, I-, I think you guys are the only four, maybe. Yeah, there was some of there was some of the people that you know kind of transient talent that comes in. And yeah, out and there's a couple of I mean, you know, uh, uh, like uh, Bang Bros, Reality Kings. I mean, they have someone like Juan Ladigo and that kind of stuff. But as far as like top tier you know consistently working working in features and gonzo for some of the top companies in the industry it's really just you for what does that feel like do you feel that's disappointing you know do you feel that there should be some more uh, representation as far as men in the industry that are latinos you know that's a good question because my answer probably surprised you but i don't feel like it's not that there's a need for it. Again, the, uh, like our industry is based, there's two things that need to work. Does the girl want to work with you, especially in this side? You know what I'm saying? Like you have to, because like I mentioned before, when you get to this level, you work with the same people a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like I've done tons of movies with Bonnie. You know, I've done, you know, movies with, you know, with, with girls that have a name or whatever. And, um, those guys that you mentioned that have been, by the way, in the industry for such a long time, those are, you know, those are definitely top-notch. So, it's, you know, it's, I feel good that, you know, those are my friends, too, and, and I'm able to, you know, do work in the same level that they do. Um, but I feel like if uh, it's not that easy, number one, <laughs> regardless of, you know, what people want to think, it's definitely not that easy. There's definitely a lot of things that go, as I explained before. You know what I'm saying? That you got to do what you got to do in order for you to stay on top and, you know, and, and be able to perform consistently all the time. Anybody can, you know, come in, take up half a Viagra and a Viagra and do two good steams and then disappear. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's the consistency. So I don't feel too bad that there's not, I, I, I would love to see, you know, if more opportunity comes in, but I don't think it's the opportunity, to be honest with you. Um, because I think if you can do it, you know, and you just got the right look, um, regardless. If you're Latino, you'll get it. Um, you know, you, you'll do it. You just got to be consistent, um, you know. And, and you know, and what worked for me is that, you know, I, I pretended that I knew what I was doing from the beginning. And, um, you know, and just be flexible with things, and, you know, and that's it. Uh, if you can do it, you can do it. It's just not that easy if, uh, you know, for those guys that you mentioned, these are like Spanier you know, so it, I mean, it, it will fall into the category of Latino because they do speak Spanish, and you know, and I speak Spanish with them and all that, and they're good friends of mine. You know, but like me, there's really not that many out there like that, especially in the shade that I am. 
um, which is good for me. Um, but uh, you know, it's just it's just it's tough to do consistently. And people think that they can come in, and because I'm sure that there's plenty of guys that have tried. And then you know, you do two good scenes, and everybody loves you. The minute you fail one, and the minute you suck, you're done. So uh, you know, and because there's so many guys, you know, there's so many people that are trying. You know, and then they always like, uh, you know, uh, always looking for that next, you know, that next stud that comes in and that, you know, gives these guys that have been in the industry for 15 years a break. And, um, you know, and there's no magic formula for it. You either can do it or you cannot. And, uh, and that's it. You know, and that's it. That's a good answer, man. It's, it's using, you know, it's, it's, um, it's it, it, it's a tough. It's not that it's tough to do. It's just that it takes a different type of cat to be consistent. Yeah. Anybody can come in and give you a great performance one day if you have a gorgeous woman that is ready to fucking do whatever you. I mean, come on now. <laughs> you know, I mean that's you know anybody. I mean, or you know, most people. You know, if you don't get scared of the lights or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? But once all of that goes away and you repeatedly have to do it, and then there's other things involved. You know, and, and, and attitude and, and circumstances and sets and directors and, you know, there's all the things that you have to black out. And, um, you know, and that can fuck with your head sometimes. And so that's why you see the same guys for the most part on those, you know, on the uh, on these features or, you know, on the more consistent companies or not consistent companies per se. But, you know, like Brassers, for example, have their contract guys. Like those are their guys. Those guys get the bulk of the scenes because there's no problems. That's it. You don't have. You can just write it off. Like there's not going to be a guy trying to get you know, trying to get going or you know, can't you know can't come you know takes forever or can't stay you know can't stay hard or whatever it is. So you don't have problems with those guys. Those are premium premium dudes. Those are your studs. Those are the guys that you just pencil them in and that's it. It's done. You got to deal now with the girl and the stud and everything else. So. Here, directors and companies are very, very big on that. That's why they use the same guys, and that's why they give guys contracts. Well, mm-hmm. com- they don't give guys contracts anymore that much. Companies like Brassers do, but, but most times it's just kind of like a verbal contract. Like, you know, they'll just tell you, look, I'll just call you, you know, two, three times a month, and let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. Continuing on in these, uh, in sort of this serious set of questions, does your family know about your career in the business? And if so, how do they feel about it? Well, my brothers do know um, about it. Um, they're fine with it. You know, um, I don't really let that define who I am at all. As far as like, it's not, it's not a bad thing. I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't show up to places of shame at all. Like at all. I mean, I don't have to, you know, tell you my business or anything like that, um, as far as that goes. But, you know, my family's okay with it. Um, my mother isn't really, it's not really into the internet or anything like that. So, um, as far as that goes, you know, as long as I show up, give her a hug, I can pay my bills, and I have a, you know, and I look healthy, and that, that, that's all that matters. I don't really, you know, my family doesn't really interfere at all with anything that I do, you know, or I don't let anybody interfere, immediate family or anybody that tries to come in and you know pass judgment on it you know i'm pretty pretty sharp on that okay yeah 
A lot of casual porn watchers may see all of the condomless sex and not realize that the business is heavily tested, regardless of the amount and the consistency of the testing in the industry. Do you ever feel worried about catching a STD or worse on set? And also, just what's your general uh, opinion on condoms, whether they should or should not be used in scenes? So basically, just like a general kind of off the top thing is that we do, we, we, we get tested so many, we get tested every two weeks and it's a full, you know, a full panel test. Um, uh, let me, let me request that to answer your first question as far as, as me being scared. I'm not scared. Um, you know, I'm, you know, as far as my personal life, I'm responsible, which is usually what trouble happens when it comes to set. There's always that. Yes. Um, there's always that, uh, you know, that, um, that possibility of, 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 of something like that, just like if you were outside. But, you know, we changed the testing system about two years ago. I mean, before that, you can see the statistics. There really hasn't been that many cases of it. I mean, if you look at statistics outside of the industry, it's fucking just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Especially for the consistency that you all work. The yeah. the amount of times... I know that the news always makes a big deal of like, oh, there's a new you know, quarantine and this, it's that, or the other. agenda, yeah. But it's... It's very, the percentage is very small compared to like the amount of scenes that are shot in a day, in a week, in a month. You know, it's... It is, yeah, it's minutes. I mean, it's very, very, it's just, it is very, very small. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I mean, and, and you know, you can't really compare it because of it's, you know, also the industry is small. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a small um, community of, of performers, you might say. I mean, people come in and out all the time. And those are usually the ones that get us in trouble. Um, it's the people that come in now, especially now that it's just more simple, kind of just to do your set because of the do-it-on-your-own kind of style of stuff, um, where it used to be back in the day more, you know, um, the testing used to be worse back in the day, you know, but the community of the industry, of the adult industry of porn was, you know, more exclusive. That's when you had your DVDs that cost $75. They're five bucks now because anybody can make a porn in their house. Um, mm-hmm. You know, or film it. At least they think they make it a porn over it. You know, but, but there's people that like that. There's an audience for all of that now, so it just diluted everything else. And um, so, as far as getting back to the testing, the, you know, those are the people that we usually come in and out. You know, maybe they want a quick, you know, especially girls, they want a quick, you know, quick paycheck or whatever. And uh, you know, and then sometimes that happens. Uh, but you know, I don't go to set scared. You know. Uh, I get tested twice a you know twice a month. It's expensive to get tested, and you know what I'm saying. Um, uh, it's very effective. Um, I am not opposed to uh, using condoms at all. I actually have always tell companies to put the option of condoms. We always have condoms on set, even before all this happened. There's always been condoms on set, always. It's the option of it. I don't want to watch a thing with a condom. That's just my preference. Call me old school, whatever. I don't want to watch it. it. It just it kills it for me. But there's people that you know. This generation now is like there's some people that are, oh my god, you're disgusting. And I was like, wow, you definitely don't enjoy sex. But um, you know, but that's fine. That's their opinion or anything. But I think that we, the way that we get tested and and the way that things work here, um, I think it's just get blown out of proportion, um, big time. Um, usually the cases are people that are just transient talent, you know, or unfortunately they get blamed on, you know, the other side of the industry. And, um, you know, it's something that 
it's in the back of my head that you know I try to just get tested as much as possible and just you know don't fuck around. <laughs> exactly, man. Okay. I already fuck around. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, go to, I mean, I go. I mean, I get get my cake and eat it too. So, you know. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, Carlos bringing it with the answers. I know you don't get interviewed often, so it's certainly it's a treat for me as well as the listeners. But uh, man, you're bringing it with the answers. Fantastic answers. For sure. Good stuff, man. For sure. For sure. Okay. Now. Uh, Early on in your career in the industry, you, much like, you know, some of your fellow performers in the business, did some work in gay erotica. Mm -hmm. And uh, my question for you is, uh, well, it's sort of a two-pronged question. What led to your decision to do it? Mm -hmm. And uh, have you at all been discriminated by any of your fellow performers because of this past work? Uh, well, for the first one, um, yes, I was involved in something that, uh, um, the first thing, it was pretty much I started with it, um, there's been a, a couple of videos of um, solos where um, I have met um, uh, this director um, that wanted to do, so I was into bodybuilding at that point. I wasn't a bodybuilder, but my body was a little bit better than now, and um, pretty much, you know, approached me. And uh, and have said that if you would do a solo thing, and at that point I already started doing the score thing, and um, you know and all that stuff. So I said sure. Um, score meaning my first shoots in Florida, like that was one of the companies. Mm-hmm. Involved yeah. In the first shoots. And um, you know and, and uh, after that I just did a couple of uh, solo things or whatever, and then I got involved in one movie. Um, it was an experience that it was an if experience. Believe me, I had to go through hell to. Um, keep up um it is something that you know i always been um you know uh, not to go into details and everything but i'm not attracted um you know to any of the you know to a male figure or anything like that um it was something that you know you try and uh it was for uh you know it was for the movie it was uh, good pay i don't have to say numbers or anything like that but that's it you know you move on from it i moved on from it um you know uh, it's just something that you know uh it, it didn't really pave the way for me to get in the industry, to be honest with you, because I was already in the industry a little bit. So, you know, I mean, I had to, you know, put porno behind. What I, it doesn't matter what I did. The point is that, um, you know, it's something that I have moved on from. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really say, oh, my gosh, this and that. You know, I'm pretty secure. And, you know, I know what I like and, you know, people that know me. Um, you know, and I, I don't disrespect people by, you know, by saying I just, you know, it's a chapter that, you know, uh, that happened that time and you move on from it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I can tell you right now, uh, you know, it's it's something that, uh, that I moved on from it. So, you know, I'm pretty happy. Okay. And uh, the second part to the question, have you at all experienced any type of uh, discrimination or whatnot from any yes, of your fellow performers? I have. Okay. Yes, I have. Unfortunately, there is, there is a lot of ignorance out there. Some um, of the women say they don't want to work with you because of that and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know, and then you break it down, and then eventually they're, they're working with dirtier guys than you are. <laughs> but but um, uh, you know, yeah. There's unfortunately there's an ignorance, you know, that comes with it. And um, I definitely been flat out denied for the, you know for that one thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, never mind. Uh, you know that I 
you know, that I'm a woman. I mean, never mind all this shit that I do. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, um, you know, that, that, you know, that experience has, uh, you know, and those, you know, and then the thing is that I don't take it personal because later on you see those girls and they're working with other people that <laughs> one million times worse than what I did. So it's just ignorance. Um, you know, it's ignorance is just, you know, uh, you know, it's just uh, people that don't, you know, that, that just think in a little box and they just, you know, hear what the news said or what, you know, you know, our industry is not that smart. <laughs> so, um, you know, especially, you know, talent-wise, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, excluding some of the people that I know, you know, you know, we're not the brightest, uh, we're not the brightest. Um, so, uh, as far as like a lot of the, a lot of the chicks, you know, they're very ignorant and stuff like that. So I just, you just shrug it off because, um, it doesn't really matter. You know, um, eventually I'm still here and they just, you know, they got their paycheck and now they're not working anymore. Now moving away, let's let's step away from the serious questions, and I want to focus a little bit about. <laughs> I want to focus on romance because, as you mentioned earlier in the interview, right now you're dating the absolutely beautiful Amy Anderson, and uh, my question for you is sort of just generally speaking about romance because, I mean. I don't have a Rolodex in my brain of like who you've dated while you've been in the industry. So I'm just going to say and maybe assume that you've dated both performers and non-performers. Would, would that be an accurate assumption? Yes, okay. that would be an accurate assumption. So my question for you, just generally speaking about being in relationships while in the industry, is it at all difficult to be in a romantic relationship while you're working in the porn industry? And how easier or how much more difficult is it to date someone you know whether they're in the business or someone who is not involved in the industry at all in my experience from my side i'll tell you right now i went 10 years almost 10 years actually 2004 so yeah so today uh before i met Aiden, that i was single that i would date casually kind of like you know i will customize my dates i'll have <laughs> I have girls that play the role for the weekend or whatever the case will be. I would, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that can do that out there. But, um, you know, but I have the, you know, I was fortunate enough to to have um, to to do it like that to kind of tailor make my relationships, quote unquote, so I didn't feel that void because, you know, dating, you know, Amy now it's uh, it's fantastic. It's something that I wanted. But once the feelings get involved, it's what, 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 that's what kept me away from all of it. Um, because I did try dating inside and outside the industry. You know, inside the industry, um, it's easy. Um, it's easier um, because uh, you know it gets. You know, it took for me. And I never really found a girl in the industry before. You know, uh, before this chick that really was more than just the industry. You know, like, you know, there was more to it. You know, and I don't care how beautiful you are. That's fine. You're great beautiful, you got big ass tits, you're a freak in bed and all that, but what else? Um, you know, so that became kind of like a monotonous thing. Like, that became, like, every girl, no matter how pretty it was or whatever, it came to a point where it just, you know, um, if I was going to have feelings for it, I just stopped myself and I was like, it's, you know, I don't really want to have feelings for this person because this is pretty much it. And so I didn't want to set myself up, you know, so I always kept it away like that, so I always had this people play the roles of girlfriends for weekends or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But 
and outside of the industry, it was definitely tougher because I hate lying. And the whole thing that kept me away, I'll still fuck him. <laughs> but um, what kept me away from having a, and I had the chance for sure. I was living in Newport Beach. I was going to school. Um, I quit. The, I didn't quit the industry, but there was a period when I got to LA where I didn't work too much because I was going to school here, finishing up some stuff for some other stuff that I want to do later. And at that point, I was still doing. I was doing like two scenes a month. Um, I think it was 2011, and um, and I did date it outside. And um, you know, and I mean, it just takes one guy to see you and just you know ruin that girl's life and uh, not ruin her life necessarily. But, you know, make you look like a piece of shit. And, um, you know, and I didn't want to lie, so I just served the purpose, fucked them real good, and then left. All right now, man. <laughs> Seriously, dude. That is as simple as that, dog. I swear to God. It was like, you know, first civilians, we call them civilians, civilian girls. Like, I dated a bunch of civilian girls. And um, dated them, you know, fucked them, dated them, took them out bottom dinner movie or whatever you know but then it never got past you know once i fucked him a few times or whatever and it got um you know to a point where we were hanging out a bit more you know i just cut it off in the nicest way possible you know i'm not a dog like that but um i've never been but uh but you know it's just that i just didn't want it to you know i could have lied i could have just lied my way into yeah this is what i do this is why i got money because i blah blah i could have made a bunch of shit up um, but eventually it was going to go crashing down and then I'm that guy that fucking, you know, I didn't want to be that shit, you know, I don't need it to lie to get laid, so it's all good. Sounds good, man. So, my question for you is, how often do you work out, and in particular because of what you do and having to be on camera and whatnot, do you at all have to consistently watch what you eat, in particular when you have a shoot coming up? Yeah, no, the the workout thing is uh, it's it's really big. At least four times a week or whatever. I'm more cardio now than anything else. I don't want to be too bulky because that, you know, the bigger I get, the smaller my penis gets. So um, <laughs> so I don't want that. And um, but um, as far as the nutrition, yeah, that's part of it, a big time part of it. You know, and like I said before, you know, before shoots, I like to eat. Um, so before a big week, you know, I like to have a weekend filled with red meat because I don't really eat red meat that much but um by uh you know it seems to work it seems to you know make make me very very strong in the next few days uh you know when I have a big chunk of New York steak or something like that so that works for me so if it works for you then go ahead and try it but that you know that works for me and but not only that but you know other stuff too but I, I eat pretty clean and it, you know, it definitely has an effect in the way you perform and the way you feel the next day or whatever, so. Absolutely, man. To shave or not to shave, that is the question. And yes, I'm talking about down there and, and just general manscaping because, uh, yeah, just general, you know, manscaping, grooming, and that kind of thing. You know, do yeah. you sometimes see yourself shaving yourself a little bit more to have a different look? Or do you, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as a matter of fact, yes, that is true. That, that's, you know, that's what happens when I start, you know, when I watch my shit. <laughs> I start nitpicking and stuff, and I, yeah, I didn't, that's uh, one thing that I'm definitely changed. I don't know how long ago I changed it, but I definitely try to keep up more, because I was, when I was doing these bigger, these bigger productions, you know, HD cameras and, you know, and like super high quality things in the 
the talent is like you know super top level talent and you know you gotta you know it's not just the body and stuff and i just forgot that you know the emphasis most of the time is, <laughs> is down there and um you know not that i forgot because of negligence or anything like that i mean i always felt like you know i have the manly look so it's fine to have hair but um you know but yeah i definitely keep that in mind now for sure that's that's a fact you know and uh as much as i can because i'm still a dude i don't know how to <laughs> i don't know i i uh, it's uncomfortable sometimes to go with a machine and just like <laughs> sometimes I get cut or whatever so uh, <laughs> you, you need know, a weed so whacker like, oh my gosh dude so you know i mean something it was weird i'll be laying in the middle of the floor inside the bathroom and shit it's like on you know on my back with my legs open with a mirror in front. i mean i uh, don't even i don't even want to go there <laughs> it's you know it's uh it's yeah you don't want to like it's it's awkward but you know but yeah you got to do it so you got to do I'm what you got to do thing. yeah so you know but yeah I, I try to keep up a manly look because i have to you know and then by by that i mean you know groomed but still yeah you know not totally shaved or whatever you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, that's not my look. My look is more rugged. So. No, totally makes sense, man. In your opinion, what part of your body is the sexiest, and why? Um. Wow, vanity. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't know. I guess um, my upper body, the front. My shoulders in the front of my shoulders. I guess um, that's the most compliment that I get. My legs. You know, um, I'm just going by the compliments that I get from the girls. Okay. What about the That's flip it. side? What part of your body do you like the least? Uh, I hate my feet, and um, and I hate my butt. So, um, because I have problems with my right knee from when I was playing uh, uh, when I was playing professional baseball, or whatever. So I can't do squats and not that many exercises that will you know help my butt be a little bit more firmer so there you go <laughs> okay um but yeah it's but yeah I, I wish i could do something about it but yeah, it's not bad but like i hate it yeah and now on the flip side of everything um in your opinion what part of the female body is the sexiest and why uh i like the hips and the abs um that's one thing that really attracts my attention um because then that just opens up all the stuff. Either you got great genetics or you take care of yourself. There's other things that come with that now. Now that I've seen so many, you know, different women's and different styles and, you know, styles, not necessarily, but body types. Okay. Like I've seen them all. You know, I've seen them all. You know, I've seen, seen them pretty much all. And the ones that attract me the most are the ones that are, you know, a fit type of girl with the stomach area with the nice hips. I'm still Latino, so I like legs and ass and, and you know, and... and and hips, you know, I like that curvy, curvy look for sure. It's my favorite look. Um, but yeah, when you see a girl that has a nice stomach, um, you know, and nice curves and a nice butt, then that, that's good. The, the tits can come later. That's fine. Like, okay. We can either buy them or we can get them later. <laughs> there you matter. go. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Now yeah, I like feet doing girls. Okay. So I love, yeah, feet well, like, it, they're really, really, really like, um, uh, when a girl takes care of her feet, they're really, really good. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, let's talk a bit about since we're talking about your body and, and physique and whatnot. Let's talk about your tattoos. Can you share yeah. with the listeners how many you have and what they are of? 
Well, um, I only have, I kind of have a design and a brand new that I did when I was in college. And um, the brand new was Mac. And then the tattoo, I um, actually covered that because um, I thought it was silly. Um, with some type of thing that is actually hopefully get done by January. Now I just found another artist now that's going to finish the job. I got moved to somewhere far. So, um, you know, I like going to the same person, so I have to find somebody else. But it's pretty much a um, koi fish. I believe he's swimming upstream or whatever. So I like, kind of like the perseverance thing or whatever. And then it has, like, um, the flowers from another tattoo that I saw, from, like a Buddha design, kind of like just took the flowers from there. And then it's just going to kind of, like, fill in um, with a lot of black and not a lot of color or whatever, and then some other stuff that I got in mind. But that's that's what it means pretty much. Okay. I really didn't do it because of the meaning as much as was what would look good on my arm. Yeah. And on my skin. So, yeah, so it was, you know, I really didn't have much meaning. Um, I did know the meaning of that particular fish, but I didn't do it because of it. Um, so, yeah, so that's it. Awesome, man. Do you get into any kinds of fetishes? Meaning if I get involved in it? Yeah, like in your personal life. If I like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Actually, I, I uh, yeah, I'm, I love um, latex. Um, oh, okay. Uh, cur- a curvy girl. Oof, I can tell you, a badass fantasy. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, you know, uh, curvy girl with latex on, um, that kind of like, oh, that shit just is it's very, very, very good. Um, that's my main thing. I like that. I'm, I'm you know, I can definitely dominate and... Um, you know, and be and be the alpha. Um, that's also something that I like on that side. Uh, you know, I don't like sub. You know, I'm just not comfortable with it more. Um, you know, as far as like, I do like feet. So if I'm dominating somebody, I might, you know, I might, uh, I might soften up when, when, with feet because I've done it, I've done it for kink before. As far as like, you know, um, caress feet and things like that. But then everything else is just kind of like more dominating hardcore alpha male thing um and in my personal life uh no i like um not even rough not not even rough sex i just like um passionate i do like to go for a long time though that's one problem i don't like to have sex every day but when i do i like to go for a while um like just go for whatever if we have to stop drink water and let's just go <laughs> so that's, that's yeah that's it it's been, it's been like that it's giving me problems now like, no no I'm just kidding no but and she would prefer that if I would do it maybe um, more often and less aggressive go figure why right <laughs> so um, but now you know I try to like you know if it was for my if, if it was for me my life would be I'll have sex three times a week or twice a week for about two hours <laughs> I mean, literally for two hours, and then that's it. No sex the other the other days, but um, but I had to change that. I guess I got to do ten minute intervals now, and and then leave the leave the marathons for some special occasions. I guess so. That's uh, that's my personal life for you right there. I'm being neuter. Aw, poor Carlo. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's reminisce a little bit about your personal life, and let's go back in time once more. And uh, I'd like to ask how. And when did you lose your virginity? Uh, 14. But I didn't have sex after that until I was 17 or 18, maybe. Because, yeah, 14, 
um, I did with my neighbor um, from the Dominican Republic, and um, it was brutal, terrible. And um, in my part, it was just very awkward and all that. And then I didn't do anything after that for a while. Um, but that was it. And it was actually my brother's, it was supposed girlfriend at the time, but my brother was only like 11, so it wasn't even, it wasn't even his real girlfriend. So, you know, I think she was 13 and I was 14. Okay. Yeah. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm a goof, big time. I know it's kind of like a generic question, but... I mean, generic answer, but I am for real. Like, I'm, I'm very, I'm very um, uh, affectionate. Um, my persona and my, uh, you know, and, and my appearance don't really show. They show like a mean, meaner side or a tougher side. I mean, I can still kick, kick ass, but I do have a very, very, um, um, like you know, uh, romantic side when it comes to somebody that I care for. Um, you know, but I'm able to turn it on and off, like, really, really good. So, um, yeah, that will be it. It's like, I'm just goofy as fuck and just like, you know, I really don't care about, you know, I'll, I'll, I dress one Halloween, you know, I dress one Halloween like the guy from, uh, what is that, Reno 911? The guy <laughs> with the, the guy, you know, you know which one I'm going to, it's the guy with the, with the aviators and the real short, short shorts. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh man, I rocked that one. And uh, you know, and I didn't give a damn. I went to every party, and I was wearing chucks too. And um, so I do my own style of putting some chucks on and shit. And um, you know, and I rocked that shit. I didn't give a damn. So I'll do stuff like that. It doesn't have to be like I like. My point is, it doesn't have to be Halloween too for me to do stuff like like I'll do stuff like that all the time. It's just that I'm very private, and believe it or not, it's like. I don't like to put myself out there more than more than I'm already am. So maybe you know people don't get to see that shit as much. But you know, yeah, I'm a goofball on set. Yeah, no, I'm I'm joking around and you know and stuff like that. And you know, I'm not chasing the girl, trying to fuck her before. I'm just actually making jokes, and I think that works better. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, and I think throughout this interview, I think the listeners have gotten a chance to get to see that side of you as well. I know you don't do interviews often, so trust me, this is a, a treat. Yeah. So uh, I'm really thankful and appreciative for you. We're we're almost done. I have uh, one more question before I, I get to my wrapping up stuff, and, and that question is, can you describe yourself for the listeners in 10 words or less? Um, a caring man that wants to believe that there is a good future ahead. Okay. Well, uh, well, it's close enough. You actually made a sentence, so I give you props on that. A lot of people just say words, so you actually put thought into it, so I give you major props on that, man. Well, that's what I was... I, I guess I was thinking about um, just because I, I'm guessing that most people that you will ask whether they want to continue to do the industry at my level. Um, you know, we'll probably go the route of, oh, sure, I will go direct, and I will go and I get involved and all that stuff. So I guess I was thinking about all this stuff. So, but yeah, that will be, the, I don't know, I, don't, I just forgot right now what I just told you. So, <laughs> so but yeah, but that, that, that's what came onto my mind. 
Sounds good. So I have this list of five pop culture related questions that are designed to allow the listeners to get to know you even better. It's basically going over some of your favorites. So the first one is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Now this can be a list of five of your all-time favorites, or this can be a list of five of your current favorites, just five TV shows that you really like. Okay, so all-time, I'm just going to go everything all-time. Fresh Friends, because it's some of the first shows that I saw when I first got here. Cops, again, has priority because it's one of the first shows when I first got to America. And then more recent ones, um, now I like good shows. (laughs) Now, House of Cards, and also I like, um, I watched... uh, Um, it was one of my favorite shows, and I can't even remember whether, um, whatever. The Sopranos is one of my all-time favorites, too, also. It's kind of like a guy thing or whatever, I own that. Um, and then, um, uh, Saved by the Bell from back in the day. All right, now, there's um, your five. That's it, that's it. There was, um, there was this one that just came out, and I can't remember the name. It was, um, uh, the, the, gosh, what was the name of that, uh, it just won like a bunch of awards. Whatever. Next time you interview me, I'll probably remember. Sounds good. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Uh, Juan Luis Guerra. Good choice. Um, that's uh, that's top. John Legend. The Roots. Um, let's see uh, who else here. And then you have... Um, I like Luis Miguel. Okay. Back in the day. Good choices. Yeah. A yeah. good sort of eclectic mix of, of four. Yeah, That's good. for sure. Yeah. What are three of your most favorite films? Mystic River, Devil's Advocate, and there's a lot of them. Those are the first two that come to my to my head. But um, those are the uh, and the third one, um. Oh, you know what? For the love of the game, I like that. Okay. I like that movie with Kevin Costner. And, uh, yeah, those are my three movies that I like the most. Awesome choices. What are two foods you can't live without? Arroz y bichuela. Why am I not surprised? Yeah, of course. My rice and beans. Now, can you uh, make it? Yes. Oh, okay. Very good. All right, oh, yeah. now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Arroz con bichuela roja. Rice and red beans because... The Cubans got the black beans. We got the red beans. I can eat them both. It's fine. And um, uh, and then another one that I can live without. Uh, it will be a sancocho, which will be now. I don't eat it as much, and it's, this is like a soup that mm-hmm. is yeah. uh, made in the Dominican Republic. That has, you know, sometimes you can make it with a bunch of meat or whatever, but it's very tasty. And every time I get a chance, I like to uh, I like to get that. All right, man. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Pizza. What, you mean food? Well, no, just in general, in life. What's something that you, in one life, thing that you would consider to be a guilty pleasure? Let's see, a guilty pleasure for me, there will be, uh, you see, the thing is that I did so much crazy shit back in the day. I'm just like a... <laughs> I'm no fun anymore. Um, let me say, so with that, all my guilty pleasures have, have been done and have been fulfilled. Yeah, 
you know, and um, let's see. Uh, but right now, to be honest with you, uh, um, a guilty pleasure will be, uh, um, wow, good question. That one, you caught me in there because I'm just trying to think of things that I haven't done or things that I might want to do that I'm, you know, that I might feel that I'm guilty, but I don't feel guilty about it. Um, and it's still pleasurable. So, uh, ah, shoot. I, I don't want to hold you on it. I mean, I, I just, you know, um, right now I get to do whatever the fuck I want, pretty much. All right, and I now. feel no guilty on it. <laughs> I like the sound of that. I'll take that as yeah. an answer. <laughs> so there's no, there's no guilty feeling on it. There's just pleasure. Sounds good. So as we're as we're sort of wrapping things up in this fantastic interview, can you share with the listeners what's next for you? What's next for Carlo Carrera? What can they expect from you in the near future? Well, um, uh, pretty much, um, I'm still pretty much uh, very, very well involved with with Kink and those type, you know, those type of uh, those type of shoots. Um, a lot of the same companies. I mean, uh, have projects that they have laid out that they might want me to be involved with, you know, and, and things like that. I mean, here in this part of the industry, you know, sometimes you don't know a week before, sometimes you don't know a month before. You know, I mean, it just depends. Um, you know how how uh, you know what 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 type of uh, what type of movie they want to make. You know, I've done I've done all the movies, but but it's looking good. You know, as far as like the immediate future looks good, it looks consistent. You know, um, and as far as like later on, there's other things like I said before um, earlier in the, in the interview that I kind of want to explore. And you know, uh, right now, uh, just trying to make you know the good decisions so I can uh, you know. Uh, either move on, uh, you know, still on top, or you know, make a decision on it. But but things are looking good. You know, I know that was kind of like a long-winded answer, but um, but things are looking good. So awesome, man. Well, you know, the door's open for another interview. If if any of the stuff that you're working on is something that you certainly want to share with the fans, you're more than welcome to come back and uh, let the fans know uh, what's going on in your world. Absolutely. Another thing that I wanted to add to is also that, yeah, and, and I'm very, very much involved with, um, you know, uh, a few websites of some, some, you know, some, some good girls, including my girl. Um, I don't know if you have, you know, it's Amy Anderson, triple uh, X.com. It's, um, um, feature a lot of, uh, not feature, but, um, in a lot of the scenes there, um, there's good talent there. Um, uh, as far as like some of your favorite guys too, uh, that, you know, want to see a, a good good side and it's well done and you know a little bit different than everything else that is out there or whatever so um i will be involved with that too um uh because of my girl and uh so that would be one thing that i also uh looking forward to is just to you know do things involved with that and you know and try to make that you know a good thing um and put it out there Sounds good, man. Speaking of just in general, how your fans can reach you, where can they find you on the web, social networking sites, all all of that uh, kind of stuff? Well, um, pretty much, I just keep myself on on the Twitter thing. I have a, uh, um, you know, I have to add the followers, but they can always ask. You know, I usually add everybody. Um, it's at Carlo Carrera. That's KK um, at Carlo Carrera um, on Twitter, and it's, it, it says. Uh, Senor Carrera. So, um, you know, you look Senor Carrera, um, it'll probably pop up. Um, and that will be the one way that will be easier for any, any, you know, any fans or anybody that likes, 
you know, that likes my work that, to contact me and, you know, um, I'll make contact that if I can or whatever, if I'm not too crazy. And, um, you know, but that will be it right there, pretty much. And then, you know, just look for me on, you know, on, on the different sites. I just came from Vegas maybe a week ago, so I have four new four new scenes coming out with Naughty America. Um, that should be coming out this week or next week or whatever, or at least a couple of them. I just had a few release um, last week. So, you know, those sites, um, you know, uh, those, those those big company sites right now is where most of my work is going, uh, you know, so you can also look for me over there and, uh, you know, and take it from there. And I appreciate all the support. Sounds great, man. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters out there? Uh, well, I'm not. Thank you very much uh, for the support. I really haven't experienced anything, you know, too negative. There's always going to be negative, but nothing nothing bad um you know i appreciate the the you know everything they bring and you know keep watching and definitely i you know enjoy doing what i do so i can you know put something out there that you know it's, it's watchable or whatever so um that definitely comes into mind so i really appreciate it and thank you very very much fantastic man i also want to thank you so much for the interview carlo i mean it's been a minute since we've done a, done our first interview i actually went back and checked and it was in 2009 and uh you know you've always yeah, been very better, yeah. yeah you've always been very supportive and i've always been very supportive of you so I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to sit down with me and sort of update the fans and all and all that's uh, been going on with you these past five years in the business absolutely man and uh it was uh it was very, very nice. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate uh, your support. And I know that, you know, we crossed paths a couple of times in the award ceremonies and things like that over there in, in Vegas or whatever. And um, and I really appreciate it. There's no, you know, I believe me, if I, you know, didn't think you, uh, that this, you know, wouldn't be a good thing for, you know, for everybody as far because I don't, like you said, I don't do this too much. So it'll be good to just do it, you know, for the right people. So I appreciate it very much. It's very appreciated. You're welcome, man. And listeners also want to thank you for tuning into One-on-One -on -one with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One-on-One -on -one with Poppy Chulo every Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific throughout December. Download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash poppychuloradio. With that, Carlo Carrera and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night.